Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I'm your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you through the world of sports on this Saturday. It's getting nice out there, so the weather looks good today. So the weather's starting to go up, so a nice Saturday ahead. And uh, as we're into April, and obviously baseball has opened up, our opening week. We had a big week this week, so we're gonna we're gonna look over the week of the Mets and the Yankees. The first week for the Mets are two and two. Yankees are one and three, so neither of them off the great starts, but it's early, so let's not, you know, I know a lot of people got the panic buttons out, but let's not start panicking yet. Let's uh, let's let things play out, but we're gonna we're, we're gonna go over, some, you know, there is some issues here, and we're definitely gonna talk about the issues early on for both teams. But again, it's early, so let's not start uh let's not ignite the panic button just yet, fans today, but. So we're going to take a look at the Mets, the Yankees. You have the first week of the season. Obviously, the Mets started off. They won two out of three against the Braves. And then uh, last night, they basically just – after they took that one nothing lead, they basically were done for the night. I mean, they just looked, they looked like they wanted to play last night. And, uh, you know, Wheeler's first game in two years didn't, didn't go that well. And we looked good in the first inning. But then, you know, then he started getting hammered. So Wheeler didn't look great. And then, uh, you know, the hitting, again, you know, other than the, the third game, the hitting, again, it seems like it's an all-or-nothing team. You know, we had a couple of innings where we scored, but we're not, they're not generating runs. The, other, the third game they did, but other than that, they're really – a lot of guys ain't hitting yet. Now it's early. Like I said, it's very early. So, things, you know, four games into the season is really not a, a good barometer. But, listen, there's some issues. And, uh, you know, the bullpen, Terry Collins' moves, of course, in the game the other day. We'll talk about that as well. But overall, I think the team's fine. The pitching looked good. I mean, Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Harvey all look great. So that's big. So Harvey especially, Harvey looking great the other night. was huge for them. So <clears throat> that's definitely a big for them. So we'll see how that goes is going forward. The Yankees, one and three, they're struggling. The hitting is struggling. Sanchez finally yesterday broke through with a home run, but he's got off to a slow start. Bird walked to a very slow start. So these are the guys judge too. So these are the young guys that they were expected. They did Trump are not off to good starts. And, again, the starting pitching, obviously Tanaka got hit up the first game and Pineda got hit up and then uh, a little. And then Sabathia actually pitched pretty good. And then yesterday, obviously, 
Severino was pitching good, but he made the one mistake, the Machado. It's hard to game. They end up losing six to five. So we're, we're going to talk about that. We're going to go through the rest of the first week of the season, you know, look around the majors and stuff. It's some teams are always surprises, like Minnesota, 4 and 0. So we're going to look over all that today. So also some basketball. Russell Westbrook yesterday broke the record. Well, first, he didn't break the record to triple double. He's one more triple double away from breaking the record in a season of 42. He needs one more for 42. But he tied uh, – he's the second guy to clinch a triple-double since Oscar Robinson. So he's the first guy since Oscar Robinson 55 years ago to clinch a triple-double. Just an unbelievable year for Westbrook. And, you know, most just talk who's ever being hard is having a great year. You cannot not give the MVP to Westbrook. The guy's averaging triple-double. He's averaging 31.7 points, 10.7 rebounds, and 10.4 assists for the season. Come on. That's MVP right there. The, so the second guy ever and the first guy in 55 years, since 1961-62, when Oscar Robinson did it. So, you know, they both tied for the most of the season at 41. Westbrook came up a few assists shy last night. So we're going to see what Westbrook could do, you know, next two, next like, two games left. So hopefully we'll see if Westbrook could get that 40-second triple goal. But, Let's not take that way. You guys have an unbelievable year. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about him as well. We're going to talk about his great season and, you know, what it means to the NBA. Also, we're going to look at the standings. Playoff standings, obviously, a couple of games left. So we got some tight races in the East coming, especially in the East coming down to the wire. And then some positioning in both conferences. So we're going to, we're going to go over all the standings. Uh, the Cavs. Now, listen, you got the Cavs the other night who had a big win against Boston to kind of give themselves, you know, a little uh, cushion. Not, I would say big cushion, but a little cushion in the race in the Eastern Conference. Then last night, they go against the Hawks. Now, the Hawks who beat the Cavs, who beat the Celtics the other night, who have already won in Cleveland, decide last night to rest. You know, the Hawks, they were two games up. You know, they're in the, right now they're in the five seed. They still need the game tech later. The Hawks decide to sit all their players. They sat Millsap, Dwight Howard, Schroeder, Bazemore, and Cephalosha all in play. So you got five five of their six best players out, and they go into Cleveland and completely wipe Cleveland out. 114 to 100, big win for the Hawks, terrible loss for the Cavaliers. And now they play again tomorrow in Atlanta, and now you know Atlanta's going to play all their starters, and you know they're going to want to. Now, you know the Stars are going to really want to win after watching the backups beat the Cavaliers in Cleveland. So, a really big win for the Hawks, pretty much securing their positioning just about. Cavs now, they're still in the one seed by a game, but now the Cavs put themselves in a spot. It's going to get interesting down the stretch, so we'll see what happens there. NHL standings, we're going to go over those later as well. Some teams got one game, some teams got two games left, so we're going to take a look. Everything's pretty much clinched as far as playoff spots, except the eighth spot in the East, where it's it's coming down to Toronto, who has the lead now over Tampa by one point, and Islanders on two points. So that's going to be an interesting ending too. So we'll see how what happens the next couple of days. We're going to go over the games, the next couple of games, days, and see you know scenarios for those teams. Obviously, Toronto still looks to be in the driving seat. They can have it, especially when they play in Pittsburgh tonight. So we'll see what happens there. NFL news as well. Tony Romo retiring this week, so we're going to talk about that. Obviously, big news. You know, it looked like maybe Dallas 
They couldn't trade him. It looked like they kind of he didn't want to play. You don't want to go to another team or you don't want to risk injury. You know, it's kind of a smart move. I wouldn't have played anymore if I was him because he is one hit away from serious injury. Why even take the chance? He had a great career. Not a Hall of Fame career, but a pretty great career. Let's <clears throat> keep your health and, you know, do the right thing. So he's got a big gig at CBS. He's replacing Phil Sims. I know a lot of Giant fans are pissed off. But, I mean, really get over it. They're pissed off. Over it. People get pissed off over everything. They really do. So that we also got Richard Sherman. He's on the trade block. They're saying he could get traded by the draft. So that'll be interesting to see what happens with Richard Sherman. I personally don't think he'll get traded to New England like everybody's saying he could. I, I just don't see it. So unless New England moves Malcolm Butler. And then New England's just not the type of team to trade like a one and a three for anybody. And that's what it's going to cost again. And there's a lot of other teams in the mix. So we'll see what happens there. And then I, we'll talk about some other stuff. Obviously, UNC winning the championship the other night. We'll talk about that. From the Mojo Sports Bracket Challenge, Danny from Long Island won the Mojo Sports Show's second annual March Badgers Bracket with 136 points. So he wins the NCAA Tournament Basketball and Tournament Program. So a nice little prize. Congrats to Danny from Long Island. We had WrestleMania last week, which we spoke about, and then we had the big WrestleMania show. A couple of title changes. We're not going to get too much into it, but maybe, maybe brief on it a little later. And then, uh, so we got a busy show ahead, a lot, a lot going on. I do want to give a quick shout out to the my uh, son's travel team, the Hasbro Hawks. Tomorrow, open their season, seven U travel team. They open their season tomorrow night at home against Westfield here at Hazlitt. So big game, three o'clock tomorrow. So good luck, guys. You guys put a lot of work in since January. Proud of you guys, and uh, look forward to a great season and definitely. Uh, itching to get on the field tomorrow. So we're looking forward to that. So I just want to give a quick shout-out to my team, and uh, best of luck tomorrow as you start a season, the travel season, which is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking very forward to it. And uh, so definitely uh, good things ahead as, as baseball season not only kicks in for the majors, but kicks in for Little League and everything. So a lot, a lot of fun to come, for sure. All right, so now what I'm going to do is I do want to start off with – I'm going to get into baseball. We're going to definitely get into a lot of baseball here early on in the show. I do want to give a quick little uh, – Mojo's opening rant. little opening rant on this LeVar Bell again. I mean, this guy is a clown. Now he comes out this week and says, UCLA can't win a championship when you have three white guys on the team. Now, LeVar, this is a note to you, LeVar Bell. Everybody who watched the game, see, the only one who the only one who failed in the second half of that game was your son that you're hyping up so much. He was the one who got completely used by Fox and Monk at, in the end of that game, and he couldn't cover, and he got completely owned in the whole second half where he showed slow footing. You're saying slow feet of the white guy? Well, guess what? The three white guys were the ones that were still playing hard, making plays in the second half, while your son, who had a terrible shooting game, and was getting abused on the other end of the floor by Fox and Monk the whole game. He really, he, this guy needs to shut his mouth. Now he's backtracking on his comments. Well, guess what? It's too late. Because the bottom line is, if somebody would have said, if one of these white guys' dads would have said it about him or his kids, forget about what the media would be doing with it. It's ridiculous that these people could just come out and say this stupid crap consistently. And it's, it's flat out annoying at this point. 
And I'm sick. I'm sick of hearing this guy trying to get his name out there and getting his kids' name. First of all, you're making everybody hate your kids. You're making everybody root against your kids. You're going to make guys like LeBron James and these guys want to really completely abuse them when they play against them. You're setting your kids up. You're putting the pressure on your kids. And the kids say something stupid. This kid said something stupid, too. I mean, that he's great. This guy, it's, it's like it runs in the family. Just go out there and play ball. What's the, why do you have to get out there? I mean, are you that desperate to get your name in the media that you got to say stupid stuff? And now you come out with this comment about the white guys? I mean, give me a break here. It's ridiculous. And I watched the game. Those white guys were the reason you were in the game. Your son was the one that was trying to. And, and also, what's, what's, so what's account for a half black, a half white guy? Because your son's half and half. So what's that count for? Unbelievable. Dude. This guy just keeps coming out, shooting his mouth. So I, I just throw that out there quick because I don't even want to spend that much time on him because he don't deserve that much time. But to me, it's just completely ridiculous how this guy keeps coming out there, throwing his, throwing his name out there. And then, you know, he keeps throwing his name out there and just to get, you know, it's like it's like he's living through his kids now, but it's like he couldn't, he couldn't take that. When he was growing up, he never got this much attention, it almost feels like. So now he's just begging for the attention that he always wanted. It's pretty pathetic, actually. But so that, that's that. I just wanted to touch on that quick. So looking around, so we'll get back to baseball now. So looking around, obviously, yesterday, like I said, Mets drop a 7-2 to feed to the Marlins. Zach Wheeler's first game back didn't go as planned. Yankees lose 6-5 at the leading 5-1. So, tough loss for the Yankees. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, off, they're off to their early, they're struggling early. But, again, it's, it's early in the season. But just look at the first week of the season. you got Baltimore undefeated 3-0. and you got the Twins 4-0, which have been a big surprise so far in the year. Right, some of the teams that are surprised that are the Rockies and the Diamondbacks both four and one, and the Giants one and four. That that's big. The Cardinals one and three, the Reds three and one. Another surprise team early. Obviously, at the Nationals three and one, the Marlins and the Mets two and two, the Phillies and the Braves one and three, the Angels three and two with the Astros early. The Royals off to a one and three start. The Yankees, like I said, one and three. The Blue Jays are one and three. Seeing some teams struggling early, but it's early. Let's not panic yet. It's very early in the season. But it's interesting to see. It's interesting to see how uh, it'll be interesting to see how some of these teams off to the slow starts react in the next week. Because you don't want to get off to too slow of a start. You know, it's one thing to be one and three, and there's another thing to be like one and seven. You don't want to be one and seven. You know, that's for sure. So you know, the teams now now as they get, you know, pretty much almost through the first time in the rotation, so they have the second time through coming now. And uh you know, so we'll see we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But obviously it was cold last night at the Met if watching the Met game last night, it was freezing last night. You could see it on the I mean the wind there was stuff all over the field the whole game. The field was pretty much of a mess yesterday. It really was, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there as far as uh, the weather today looks a lot better. And then the next few days, it's supposed to be really nice. So we'll see. You know, that'll be interesting to have nice to see the games play nice, good, hot weather for, you know, because we haven't had that great weather yet. So early in the year, around the league as well, just a little quick glimpse. You know, obviously, Odor with three home runs, Lee League, Springer, Pelt, Lindor, 
and Chris Davis all with three homers. And Puig. Puig off to a nice start, three homers, 333. Nice start for Puig. Got definitely what he needed. Without a doubt, he needed a start like that. And then just looking around, guys, you got guys like a couple of stolen big guys with three steals, Mondesi, Nunez, Doja, Owens, RBI leaders early on, Mazzaro, two home with nine ribbies for Texas early on, I thought Springer with seven, Salade, Belt with seven each, Lindor with seven. So you got that those guys off the quick starts, but Again, it's early, but you also always want to get off to a good start. You might try to get off to a good start than a bad start. Last night now, going back to the Mets, so obviously Wheeler didn't have his good stuff. Through 80 pitches. He topped out at 97, but he, he struggled with his command. And, and the command, which was his issue before he got hurt, obviously still an issue. Cespin is home at the eighth for his first home run of the season. Brandon with two for four. Knocked in the Mets' first run. And uh, Jose Reyes, 0 for 5, is now 1 for 18 to start the year. So the Mets definitely need uh, need Reyes to get going. And then, uh, so, you know, to me, it's early, like I said. I, w- I don't panic on things like this. Although, you, you wanted to see, you definitely wanted to see more more from Wheeler. You know, obviously, it's one game, so you're not going to panic on Wheeler either. But I think just the issue of the of having command issues became is, is still an issue, obviously, because that that was his issue before he got hurt, and you know he still he still had the command that you know still had the command that you really like. Now I wanted to talk about you know the day, but they lost the game. I had some stuff to talk about with Terry Collins. I didn't like the way he managed the game the other night when they lost to the Braves in extra innings. I thought he made some really bad moves in that game. I thought one. When you pinch it in with the game on the line and you put in Ty Kelly, who shouldn't even be on a roster up when you when you have Flores sitting there and TJ Rivera, but Flores specifically, who's had a lot of heat in big hits. Nothing is like he's a lefty against the righty crack. Bottom line is you put your best play, your better players up when you got the game on the line and Flores should have been in the game. For Flores not to be in the game there was ridiculous. Okay. Completely ridiculous. And then, obviously, we watch him. He, the guy just keeps mismanaging his bullpen. You know, to leave Montero in that night. He had the lefty warmed up. Freeman wasn't having a great game. They should have brought the lefty in to face Freeman. And uh, Kemp was having a good game. He already had two doubles in the game. To, you know, to, to pitch to him, especially with Montero, who's having trouble. And he knew he was going to groove a fastball there to try to get ahead. I didn't like the move. So, to me, it's Collins still doing the same stuff. And, uh, you know, to me, like I've said in the past, Collins to me is their biggest issue, and hopefully it, it don't matter. But you know, he just got in these close games. This guy just has issues. He can't manage in close games. He has, he can't make. The, it seems like he never makes the right moves. And you know, it, it gets frustrating watching, especially when you're at your TV and you're sitting on the couch watching moves that you know are no brainers, and he's doing the complete opposite. And also this Ty Kelly thing. I mean, this guy put Ty Kelly up in a big spot against Bumgarner in the playoff game last year. Enough for Ty Kelly. Now they finally got rid of him. So here's a guy that you have got rid of after four games. So you realize you had no you had no no thought of, of this guy being any part of your team because you get rid of him after four days. So obviously one of that ain't gonna make a guy season. So obviously you had no long term thought for this guy. So why would you put him up in a big spot like you did last week, which is mind boggling. 
So just Terry being Terry again. As far as the hitting, that's better to get going. You know, Granderson's got to get up there. Bruce is off to a nice start. Walker's starting to hit now. Obviously, Suda had the nice hit opening day. Flores, you know, played the last two games. Cabrera's will do his thing right. They need to get going. Tano had a, a big hit the other night, but he's been pretty much split in time with Rivera so far, two games each. And uh, also, I just wanted to talk about opening day. I went, you know, me and my son went opening day my, with my brother and my nephew. We had a great time, and uh, it was great atmosphere. The, the fans were really into the game. It was like a playoff game. It was the introductions and all that fun day at the park. We got there early, Anthony got to play a little wiffle ball, hitting the cages, meet Mr. Met. So that was fun. And then, uh, you know, obviously a big six-run seventh inning. If Syndergaard pitched a great game, they didn't score for him, but then they got the big six-run seventh inning. And, uh, you know, ended up winning six-nothing. And uh, so it was a good a good game all around, a lot of fun day at the park, as always. And, uh Say they added some new food. We 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 did this year too. We went to uh, we went into the Porsche Grill, which I'm gonna let me tell you something. If you have the access to your ticket to do it, it's well worth it because you'll go to a game, you could buy a hot dog, fries, and a soda for basically twenty five dollars. You go in a Porsche Grill for thirty three dollars for an adult. It was twenty one for my son, but you go in a Porsche Grill, it's all you can eat buffet. And they got the burgers, they got the hot dogs, they got all that stuff. But they also got anti-pasta, they got pizza, they got mac and cheese, they got some kind of chicken, they had pastrami, they had so much different stations, salad stations, uh, dessert. I mean, there's so much different stuff. The anti-pasta, like I said, prosciutto, mozzarella, cheeses, pepperoni, superstar, all that good stuff. And uh, it's well worth it because you go in there, you get a variety of stuff, you get to sit on a nice, comfortable, big table. You're looking right out the window onto the field. It's just, it was just a so much better of a deal than spending. To, go there, like I said, spend twenty five dollars on a hot dog, fries, and a soda, and not even be be full. Here for thirty three dollars, you go in there and you'll leave the full. We left there stuff, all four of us. We didn't eat. Then we had a hot dog at the seat before that, and had a, you know Anthony had a little snack during the game, but. More or less, you're full after you leave there. We weren't even hungry. Maybe we had a pretzel the rest of the game after that. I mean. So you, and you leave there, and you're getting a good variety. You're not just getting a hot dog or a burger. You're getting a variety. You can have it all. They had these really good bacon sliders, bacon cheeseburger sliders that were delicious in there. And, uh, yeah, the pastrami was good. A little fatty, the pastrami, but it was good. And, uh, no, like I said, they had salad stations. They had antipasta stations, dessert. I mean, just it's a pizza. It's just a good deal. So definitely consider it if you ever have tickets and you can get into that restaurant. It's definitely worth it. You go in there and fill up pretty good. And, uh, you know, you get a good bang for your buck, let's just say. And you get a nice, comfortable table to sit at as well. You know, you see it all crunched up. So it's definitely uh, definitely a good experience. It was a fun day. We had a great time. So uh, and, uh, I think every year we've been going open open day. So obviously they, they have me if they kick it, but it's worth it. To me, the experience and the fun and the joy of my kids' faces, makes the dollar, you know, it's a priceless event. Uh, you know, so good times, and uh, so so they're two and two now. The Mets since then, the Yankees one and three last night. Like I said, the Yankees they lost two out of three to Tampa, and then last night they lose to Baltimore. They had a six five a five one lead yesterday, and then uh, obviously the game got away from them. Severino gave up the big three run home and a Machado. 
which which obviously is a big hit, and then Seth Smith hit, hit the, the go-ahead home run off of Clifford. So, so the Yankees, obviously, you know, Gardner, three for five with three runs off to a hot spot. Sanchez hit his first home run, but he's, off, he's hit 167 through four games. Bird, 0 for four, hit 063, so he's struggling. Holiday, and two for two with a home run yesterday, three RBIs. Ellsbury's off to a decent start. Headley's been off to a good start. Judge, it's been the young guys who have been off to a slow start for the Yankees so far. Obviously, Severino, five innings, six hits, one walk, four runs, six strikeouts. He was actually pitching really good until the Machado home run. It's Machado hit his first home of the year. And uh, so Seth Smith hit the big one off, off uh, Clifford in the seventh. So obviously, the Yankees. 23, and, you know, listen, when you've got the young players like this, you're going to have your ups and downs. You know, you heard me say in the show, I don't think the Yankees are a playoff team this year. Obviously, it's early, but I'm not going to say they're not playoff teams in 23. I just think they don't have the pitching. And, uh, and you know, actually, thinking, talking about pitching with the Yankees, they're going to have some issues because now they're saying if Tanaka opts out, they're not paying him, but he's going to opt out. And who else do you got? Like, you know, I don't think the Yankees are in such a position of saying we don't need Tanaka. I mean, the Yankees do need Tanaka. They need more than Tanaka. So to let just Tanaka go, to me, is is a big story because, you know, if, if they don't resign Tanaka, the Yankees, now they need one more pitch. Now they're going to need two, maybe three pitches. So, you know, I – you know, they're going to go on a spending spree in the offseason, but I don't even know if there's any really big names available So this year. So it's really interesting to see how they handle it, the Yankees. But, you know, saying you're not going to sign Tanaka now, I don't know how much sense that makes when he's your best pitcher by far and you don't have anything else. And, you know, this is really no – you're going to, really going to go pay more money or, or similar money to somebody not even as good as him? Makes no sense to me. So the Yankees need to figure out what they're going to do there because that's going to be something that they need to they need to definitely resign this guy. You cannot put yourself in a you know a position where you can't keep your, your best pitcher. I mean, I, you know, especially when you're you're lacking pitching. I, you know, to me, it makes no sense at all. So we'll see what happens there. But but you know. They only struggled to their young kids. They they want you know the, all the young guys had good springs, and now, you know, having having a bad start to the season is not what they wanted. But again, it's early. It's only four games. We'll see what happens with the hitters. But as far as the Yankees pitching, I can't like what you see early from their starters. Other than Sabathia, who gave them a good out, and you know their starters haven't been that great this year. So the Yankees need to. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Tanaka will bounce back. Pineda, obviously, I talked about being a big wild card for them. So, Pineda, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of year Pineda has. He's, he's like a feast of family guy. Like he's either a guy who's going to give you a great game or he's a guy who's going to get shelled. And Yankees need more consistency out of Pineda if they're going to contend, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, and like I said, be patient with the young hitters. Give them some time. But there's some red flags early, but they're starting staff, obviously, and the slow starts for all the young guys. So we'll see. Sanchez got a couple of hits yesterday in the home. We'll see if he starts getting busting out of it a little. Bird, Bird hasn't looked good at the plate at all. He had a nice spring, Bird. So nice, nice spring training. And that's why I said whenever you have a good spring, sometimes it's not great to have a good spring because then you're going to run into your slump when the season starts. Sometimes it's not 
great to be that great in the spring. You know, sometimes you, you want to have a so-so spring, not uh, not the the best spring in the world. You know, you get like seven, eight home runs in the spring, and all of a sudden the season starts and you go cold. So, you know, that's clearly not what you want. But give them some time. We got young team. You know, we'll see what happens. You got young guys struggling all over. Look at Buxton on the Twins. Twins off to a four and zero start, but Buxton. A young stud prospect again off to a slow start. A guy striking out a lot, one for 18 with like 12 strikeouts. He looks terrible. He's hitting, first of all, I don't understand why he's hitting third and Dozier. Dozier had 40 home runs last year. Shouldn't Dozier be hitting third? Shouldn't it be the opposite and the Bucks are hitting first or something? And the way he's hitting, you don't want to hit first either. I think they need to take a little pressure off him. Obviously, his defense is still great, Bucks, and he made some great plays, but the offense is struggling again. So, you know, you might be better suited to drop the guy down a little in the order, I would think that would uh, be best. But we'll see what happens with, with Paul Molina besides there. But, again, a surprising start there. It's a surprising start for the teams like the Reds, for the Diamondbacks. They get some teams off to some surprising starts here. And, uh, you know, obviously the Twins, 4-0, nobody's seen that coming early. I had them as one of the worst teams in baseball this year, and they still may be. But it's just, uh, you know, so it goes to show you that's why you play the games. We never know what could happen. And every year in baseball, there's surprise teams, no matter what. You're always going to get a surprise team. This happens every year. And so, you know, we'll see what happens there. I see other news. The Yankees, the Yankees, Derek, former Yankee Derek Jeter looking possibly by the Marlins, which is an interesting thing. You know, Marlins price tag early indication exceed $1 billion. You know, if that comes to pass, Loria will realize the massive capital gain on a very modest initial investment that it traces back to the Montreal Expos. But Jeter, 42 years old, retired from the Yankees following the 2014 season, and a couple of years ago, to the Hall of Fame, he made more than $265 million in his salary in his, in his playing career, and of course, substantial you know, outside business interests and endorsements and stuff. So that said, he's surely to be the public face of the group of investors. Should G, the Jeter bid move forward, Jeter and his wife, model Hannah Davis, are expecting their first child, their daughter. So a lot going on for Derek Jeter these days. And uh, we'll see what the to say. Obviously, he always, he always heard that he wanted to own a team, right? Today he's not buying the Mets. Sure. And who would that do the Yankee fans if Derek Jeter became the owner of the Mets? Oh, my God. I would kill Yankee fans if that ever happened. But obviously the Mets ain't selling the team anyway. But interesting, we'll see what happens there. And uh you know, and uh so that's that note. Back to uh Tanaka for a second. So he, he he's gotta decide whether to opt out of he's got three years left at sixty seven million. First of all, why would he I mean you make it almost twenty over twenty two million dollars a year. What are you opting out for? I mean, you know, that, that's a little, you know, he's signed a $755 million deal. He has a partial tear to UCLA. You know, the Yankees could be worried could blow at any second. I guess that would be their only reason. I doubt they'll, I I don't think they'll back away from the side Tanaka. It's probably just posturing, trying to get a, you know, a better deal. But they'd be losing one of the better, their better pitches, you know, and so I, to me, it's a tough spot. They're in a tough spot, obviously. You never want a guy to opt out looking for more long-term money, but you can't blame him, you know, with the, coming off an arm injury a couple of years ago, trying to get a little more. But three years, 67, 
still a health, to me, it's a healthy contract. So op, opting out of that to me is still a little crazy because it's such a good deal, you know. So, you know, I'm interested to see how that plays out later in the season. So, <clears throat> obviously, Yankees are waiting around 2018, hoping for Harper and Machado, but I personally don't think either of them are going to leave their teams. But I think the, I think the days of sitting back waiting for free agency and getting these big names. Yeah, obviously there'll be a couple, some that are going to go, but I don't think it's going to be as prolific as it's been in the past. Uh, and I don't think it's going to be these guys like where the Yankees are just going to be able to buy championships like they did. I don't see it happening. And you know what, the Yankees, the way they're developing their young players, <clears throat> they shouldn't be. Don't why are you looking? You shouldn't but look to buy championships. The Yankees, they're developing good young players. Let them develop. Be patient. Stay through it. You know, stay the course. Do not, you know, differ away from the course here. That's the key for the Yankees. Guys, you're going to have to spend, to me, if you're going to spend, you need to spend on some starting pitching. But that's, to me, the thing. They have good young positional players. I think starting pitching is, is what the Yankees need. So that's what they're going to be looking to do. The Mets, like you said with the Mets, Mets are the complete opposite. Mets are in win-now mode for sure. And uh, so I think they're definitely going to have to add bullpen. They're looking for starting pitching depth now with the injuries, obviously. Lugo might need Tommy John. We all know about Max being out. And we don't know if we always going to hold up. So obviously the Mets, I heard they were looking at Doug Fista, who I think would be a decent signing, veteran, veteran pitcher who's out there that nobody's signed. He hasn't pitched all spring. He's been just sitting out there. So Fista could be an interesting name for the Mets. <clears throat> to pick up, I obviously I wouldn't mind to see that at all. Actually, he's a, he's a pretty good veteran pitcher. So to me, I definitely. It looks like he's holding out for guaranteed money, and the Mets only want to give, you know, uh, like the kind of a minor league deal. So I mean, he's definitely going to need some work in the minors if he can pitch all spring. But you know, I I think I think he's proven he could be, uh, you know, he could be a uh, what's it called. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think he's proven he could be a major league pitcher and he should be in a rotation, number five he could be. Or maybe even put him in middle relief bullpen. But this could be a good pickup for the Mets. And obviously, like I said, bullpen they're going to need. And then we're going to see, obviously, health you got to see, and it's catcher. You know, if there are no struggles all year, again, obviously the Mets got to do something there. Obviously, leaders who I wanted all offseason off to a nice start with the uh, with the Nationals, so, you know, and Bryce Harper, which we predicted was going to have a big year, is off to a really nice start, and obviously Murphy, again, looks it looks primed for another great season. I'll tell you, that move, you know, we weren't so against it on here when it happened, just thinking, you know, they had guys to replace them, you know, he never had a year like that last year, but the Murphy move now, when you're looking now, it's no matter what anybody predicted or said, don't even matter. The results matter, and the results are that Murphy's become an all-star, one of the top better hitters in the National League. And, you know, the Mets decided not to give him $12, $13 million a year. Definitely uh, definitely coming back to tight the Mets right now. So I'm, much, I'm sure they'd much rather have Murphy than Walker. And Walker, listen, Walker had a great year last year before he got hurt, and I'm still confident in Walker for this year. He's a very good player, but he's not the hitter Murphy is. And, you know, the similar money, you're paying the guy $17 million this year. So $17 million this year for Walker, you paid him, what, 11 last year. It's $28 million for two years. Murphy wanted 36 for three. So one more year, $8 million, you could have had Murphy. It, it clearly looks like a bad decision. Now, Olsen's well, made some good decisions, obviously, with some trades and stuff, but that clearly was not one of his better moves, obviously. 
looking at it now, and, and you can only judge something on the results, and the results are pretty bad that they let go one of the better hitters in the National League just, just when he was starting to bust out when he did in the, in the playoffs, too. So kind of a puzzling results for the Mets. Obviously, they didn't want to see – nobody thought Murphy would turn out this great. I never thought Murphy would have the AM last year, and he already looks primed for another great year this year. So interesting to see uh, the Nationals this year. Obviously, last year they won the division with Harper having a bad year, and now you know Harper's going to have a, a big year this year. Does Murphy have the same type of year? Does the starting pitching hold up, and how's the bullpen hold up? Obviously, the Nationals – they never got a closer. The guy Trinian, obviously, a couple of games given up. He's got a couple, two, three saves, but he's been giving up runs. I think it's just a matter of time before Clover is the closer there. Good young arm that they like, and uh, so we'll see what happens there with that. But Nationals also a three and one start, and uh, they almost blew the game yesterday, but they held on to win seven six, and uh, they were up seven nothing in that game, and they held on late. So. See what happens there. And obviously, Giselman's pitching today and Syndergaard tomorrow. So, Mets looking to get today's game and they give themselves a chance to win the series tomorrow. So, you like to open up the season with a couple of series wins. So, the Mets definitely want to try to win the next two. Obviously, the Marlins pounded them out last night. and uh, But it was a cold, windy night last night. And, you know, to me, the thing that came out last night is that one of the Mets bats is still kind of all or nothing and not. Completely. And I, you know, I actually think the Mets have the, you know, their offense will be fine, but definitely not the offensive start they were expecting. And uh, you know, it was nice to see Justin get a home run late yesterday. So hopefully he'll, he'll uh, go on a little streak here because he wasn't hitting early. And they, like I said, they need guys like Reyes to get going. Maybe give Reyes a rest today or tomorrow, give him a little break. But give you guys like Reyes to get going, and you know, the power. You know, Walker, who he's walking to get going. So they haven't shown the power yet. You know, there are a couple of home runs, but nothing. You know, Duda had a nice pick at the first game, and then he'll play the last two games. So we'll see what happens when he gets back in the lineup. And Bruce is off to a nice spot. So hopefully Bruce can keep it going. And, you know, Bruce looks a lot more comfortable if you look at him now. He looks a lot more comfortable up there. And, uh, you know, Grant is going to a good game yesterday, a couple of hits. RBI, you know, Cabrera, Cabrera looks fine. So, again, the issues to me, first base, catch or bullpen are the biggest issues to me. The starting rotation gap is a little, but it's not really worrying. When you got those three guys at the top, you know, you feel pretty confident in your rotation. And then when they get Matt's back eventually, hopefully he can stay on the field. That gives them a nice four. And then Jadelman will wheel off with one of them that could, you know, solidify the number five slot. So I think the Mets, like, again, a fine starting pitching. Again, I hate to beat a dead horse, but the bullpen is an, is an issue, and it needs to be addressed. So we'll see what happens there. We are going to hit the phone lines right now, 718-508-9883. Talk some baseball. I'm going to bring in my man, Magic Mike. What's going on? He there? Guess he's not there. All right, so we tried to bring him in, but he wasn't there. I see his number up there, but he wasn't there. All right, so as far as let's let's look, let's take a quick look at today's. Uh, we'll take a quick look at today's baseball schedule, and then uh, 
I also do I do want to talk some basketball as well. Absolutely taking calls. I know we'll be having some Met calls today and stuff like that. I do want to definitely talk some basketball playoff positioning today and, and hockey. We're going to do a little later, probably around 11 o'clock. Today's show probably runs until 11.30-ish today. Not going to go three hours today. Got a lot of stuff going on today that I got to attend to. So probably take the show to about 11.30 today. So but we got a lot to cover. We're going to cover a lot of stuff. But now I just want to pull up today's schedule. Let's see what we got on, on uh So we have, all right, one, 130, on 110, we have Boston, Detroit, Rodriguez versus Zimmerman. Matchup, two, 210, we have Twins, White Sox, Mejia versus Gonzalez. I said the Twins, 4-0. White Sox, 1-2. The Red Sox are 2-1 and the Tigers are 2-1. Another thing, they're 3-1 Reds against the 1-3 Cardinals, Arroyo versus Waka. The 4-0-5, the 1-3 Yankees versus the 3-0 Orioles. Tanaka looking to bounce back versus Gaussman, who had a good start the first start. 1-3 Blue Jays versus the 3-2 Rays. Rays another team off to a surprising start. Archer versus Sanchez. Then 7-0-5, you have the 1-3 Braves and the 1-2 Pirates. Dickey versus Cool. Cool, however you pronounce it. Then the 3-1 Nationals against the 1-3 Phillies. Guthrie versus Nola. And then three and, the 2-2 two two Cubs against the 2-2 two two Brewers, Hendricks, Malone. 1-3 Royals versus 3-2 two Astros, Duffy versus Keiko. As we talked about the Mets, 2-2 two two against the Marlins, 2-2 two two Conley versus Giselman. 2-3 A's versus the 1-3 Rangers. Rangers off to a slow start. Graveman versus Darvish. Three and one Indians versus the four and one Diamondbacks. Bauer versus Granky, good matchup. Three and two Dodgers versus the four and one Rockies. Kershaw against Gray, another good matchup in Colorado. Giants one and four. It's the three and two Padres. Bumgarner at Chichin. So as you see, the, set, the top number one starters getting their second turn through some of these games. And then at ten oh seven, a one and four Mariners off to a slow start. You know, Mariners have the longest playoff drought in baseball, clearly. They're off to a slow start, not what they want. It's the 3 and 2 Angels, Felix Hernandez, who left his last start with growing tightness after five good innings, or six good innings, based in Alaska, so he's good to go today. And uh, so the Mariners need a win. They're off to a slow start as well, so not the start the Mariners wanted either. So definitely, uh, they definitely need wins. You see these teams like 1 and 3, 1 and 4, definitely want to get a win here today if possible. Definitely got some good matchups today, good pitching matchups as well. So a good day of baseball head. You know, it's just nice to see baseball back. You come home, you got games on every channel. You got you know tons of games going on. Just a nice, it's a nice thing to see. It really is. I'm sure all the people that love watching baseball are definitely enjoying enjoying this right now. A couple other little interesting tidbits. So. You know, you know, Cinderella left it for opening day with uh, a blitz. Uh, Nolan Ryan has suggested Cinderella use pickle juice in an effort to prove the blister on his pitching hand. So, you know, and his next start was pitched back to Sunday. It was supposed to be today, and it was pushed back to tomorrow because of the blisters. You know, according to Ryan, who dealt with blisters, were pitching for the Mets in 1968. The team's trainer, Gus Mock, often used pickle brine to improve the condition and help generate new skin. People throwing against the seams, that's where the grip is, Brian explained, you know, when they're throwing against the seams. 
once you get a blister, that skin on the blister is dead, and you have to get enough new skin on there where it's not sensitive. So listen, Nolan Ryan knows what he's talking about. So listen to Nolan Ryan, okay? They, Nolan Ryan struck out a record 5,714 batters and tossed seven no hitters during his 27-year career. Since he's been closely monitoring Syndergaard, who is his fellow, fellow Texan, which is good. It's always good to have somebody like Nolan Ryan keeping an eye on you. You know, you can never, you can never uh, be upset about that. <clears throat> Funny thing as well is, you know, the, the Mets still listening to the game for two. The other night when you had that long, brutal, oh, long, brutal uh, extra inning game against the Braves where nobody was hitting. You could see Keith Hernandez's face. It's actually comical how upset he got because he just wants to go out to dinner. And then when you have the fast games like the other day, he's like, this, these are the, this are the games I love. He just loves it because they're two-hour games. He wants to get out of there and go do his thing. you got to love Keith. I mean, he really does. The guy's so honest. He, the guy just wants to have some fun. And, uh, you know, he's great listening to him. Mets, Mets do have a great, a really great uh, announce team. There, there's no doubt about that. So, but we're gonna have, I'm going to play a little, uh, a little fun here. A little, uh, little songs for our local teams here. Meet the Mets, meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kiddies, bring your wife. Guaranteed to have the time of your life because the Mets are really knocking the ball, knocking the ball.
little a little shout out to the Mets and Yankees that are playing their team songs, their fight songs, as we say, as the season's underway, as the first week of the season. So we've been going over the first week talking Mets Yankees. Definitely give me a call seven one eight five zero eight nine eight eight three. Quick commercial, and then we come back and talk some more baseball, take some calls, and then get into some NBA and look at some NBA standings as well. So I'll be back in three minutes. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. As we're pretty much almost an hour in today to the, this week's show, and uh, 
like I said earlier, probably ain't going to go three hours today. I got some stuff I got to do today, so probably go up to about 1130 today. But uh, as we get, as we're talking baseball, I'm going to get to the phone lines in a minute. But as we're talking baseball, as always, I like to give a little treat out there to everybody listening. One of the best songs ever. The Wiz Kids had won it. Bobby Thompson had done it. And Yogi read the comics all the while. Rock and roll was being born. Marijuana we would scorn. So down on the corner, the national pastime went on trial. We're talking baseball. Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball. The man and Bobby Feller, the scooter, the barber, and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque. Especially Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. Well, Casey was winning, Hank Aaron was beginning, one Robbie going out, one coming in. Kiner and Midget Goodell, the Thumper and Mel Parnell, and Ike was the only one winning down in Washington. I'm talking baseball, Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball, the man and Bobby Feller, the Scooter, the Barber, and the Duke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque, especially Willie, Mickey and the Duke. Now my old friend, the bachelor, well he swore he was the Oklahoma kid. And Cookie played hooky to go and see the Duke. And me, I always loved Willie May, those were the days. Well, now it's the 80s, and Brett is the greatest, and Bobby Bonds can play for everyone. Rose is at the vet, Rusty again is a Met, and the great Alexander is pitching again in Washington. I'm talking baseball, like Reggie Quees and Barry, talking baseball, Carew and Gaylord Terry, Siva, Garvey, Schmidt, and by the blue. And it's no fluke They'll be with Willie Mickey and the Duke Willie Mickey and the Duke It was Never gets old. You really don't. You listen to that song all the time. Baseball's back, and that's what we're talking. We're talking baseball. Phone lines are open. 718-508-9883. We're going to hit the phone line with our own Magic Mike. What's up, Magic Mike? Hey, what's up, my Mr. Mojo? Baseball is back. 
Uh, I, I, I love uh, I love those uh, I love those songs. Right, it's not like those songs, right? The old school baseball songs, you know. That's right. But every time I think of it, it's so funny. It's ironic. Every time I think of that song, I don't think of baseball. I think of softball. I think of the uh, Springfield uh, softball when Mr. Burns uh, when Mr. Burns had all those uh, great baseball players. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Episode. How you feeling about the first week for your Braves so far? Well, I mean, hey, you know, that's a question. That's a good. That's a good question. I mean, right now, I feel I feel better than I did last year at this time. Um, you know, everybody knows the Braves got their first win uh, on the fifteenth uh, of April. So, um, I, you know, from what I've seen, I mean, you know. It just as a as a Mets fan, you know, as a Braves fan, it, you know, watching that game the other night, um, in the in the twelfth inning, I can tell you that I was like saying, why the hell would why why would he you know why would why would you pitch to why, why would you walk Freeman and pitch to Kemp? Kemp was hot. Kemp Kemp was on fire. Yeah, he's hitting everything hard. I know. It didn't make any sense. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a, it's an easy, you know, Freeman wasn't doing good at all, and and then you, and then here you go. I I was shocked at that. And you had the lefty warmed um, up in the bullpen to come in to face Freeman too. It made no sense. No, it didn't and make listen, any sense. He might have put the lefty in, and Freeman might have got a hit anyway. But I'm just saying, if you know, for a guy who always plays by the numbers, plays everything by the numbers, he didn't play by the numbers there, and it cost him. Yeah, and that, and that's and that's uh, and that's uh, unfortunately, you know, it was one game. It was it was extra innings. And my mother, my mother always, my mother and my grandmother, my mother and my grandmother were always like, you know, every time the Mets go into extra innings, they're gonna lose. And I and I and I, and I, and I was like, and I was laughing because when I spoke to my mother the next day, and I told her the story about what happened, she was like, I can't believe it. I was like, uh, you know. Uh, but you know, like like you say, you know. But the funny part of that was, it was raining in Staten Island like crazy. I mean, we had torrential rains, and I was walking home. I had an appointment. I'm walking home, trying to get in to watch the game, and my good friend, she messages me. Well, she shows me a picture that she's at the game, and I just wrote her back like, you know, have a good time. And then she wrote me back, I'm cold. I said, of course you're cold. I said. I said I wouldn't be out there now. It's too cold to go watch a watch a game at night over there. It's freezing over there, you know. Last night it looked really cold. Yeah, it, it, I, I could, mean, I look at the, the wind. The, there was paper all over the field, blowing all over the field. Yeah, I was watching the game last night, you know. And I have to, and I have to honestly tell you that that's the best move that baseball that that they've ever done. By by getting Gary Cohen and moving him into the broadcast because Gary Cohen is so good, and yeah, yeah. and and Ron Darling and Keith Hernandez they make so many great jokes. I'm just sitting there laughing. My mother's like, "Why are you laughing? Uh, is it because they're so comical? They're funny, um, you know? And, and they make they make the the make they make the broadcast enjoyable. And uh, of course, everybody knows the reason why I have. I I I had to watch the the Braves because of of the the of the rule, uh, the lo- that local rule. So I couldn't hear my my announcers. But um, uh, let me see what else. Oh, Mike Piazza. What happened with Kemp yesterday? So Kemp left the game with an injury yesterday, right? Matt Kemp. Yeah. 
That's Tampa something that the Braves need, hopefully, for the Braves. He's not out for any period of time because he's off to a nice start for them. Yeah, uh, you know, Matt Kemp is Matt, Matt Kemp. Uh, Matt Kemp is doing uh doing pretty uh pretty good. Um, you know, it just ama- it's just amazing. Um, yeah, Matt Kemp. Um, he left with a uh, a leg uh, a leg injury. And then Bartolo Colon made his return his return the other night as well, and that was you know he got a nice ovation from the Mets. The Mets fans love Colon; they really do. Yeah. And he got a nice ovation. He pitched a great game. He had a nice. Him and Zagram had a pitching mm-hmm. duel. Neither of them. Yeah, it was. Them it was got, really. Neither of them uh, got a it decision. was really. Uh, it was going to say it was really good. It was. It's a, it, w- it was amazing. Um. It was. Yeah. It was nice to see. It, it's nice to see that. That's what I was going to talk about Monday. Monday, the fans seen Cologne and they were cheering for him on Monday. And then yeah, his, big, his big start. I mean, I mean, he went six innings, allowed two hits, one run. One earned run, and you know he walked one, you know six strikeouts, one home run. Uh, he gave up, and uh, and that's another thing. Bruce is a freaking monster, man. I remember when 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 he came up, people were like, "Oh, that guy's gonna be good," and and he he's working out pretty good for the Mets. Yeah, listen, like, like last year he didn't do great for them until down the stretch he did better. But you could see he's come in this year with a whole new mentality, and he's a lot mm-hmm. more comfortable now in New York. So. Um, Hopefully for the Mets, he's been for he's going to have a nice year for them. Let's see what. Uh, yeah. So 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 and then of course it, Cologne's ERA is one fifty. Now here's a funny story about Cologne. I was listening to um I was I was listening to uh, the Braves um the radio team to, that gets you ready the pregame and they were talking that they were saying twenty years ago when Cologne made his start they were saying. Did you ever think that Cologne that Cologne would still you know where do you think Cologne would be you know now you know and and when you hear when you hear like you know his weight and everything so um so one of the guys goes goes uh, what do you mean he weighs two hundred and eighty five pounds he goes well how much did you think he weighed would you think he weighed one did you know like two twenty like what do you mean two eighty five you know that that's something to, to that's something to to be that heavy. And still pitching. That's normally what happens when you retire, and you know you retire from anything, you know sports. Yeah, and you yeah. Let yourself go, or you know, but but to see um, to, to see that, you know, even uh, even when I watch wrestling, sometimes there's a guy. His name is Vampiro. Vampiro was skinny. Now all of a sudden, I'm like, who is that guy? And they're like, yo, that's Vampiro. Like, really? He got heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have. So if you know, 30 years ago, probably like 16, 15, 16 years ago. So Cologne was traded to the to the Expos from the Indies. Right now, the interesting trade was is that what the Indians got, they got three potential, they got three future All Stars back in the trade. They end up getting Cliff Lee, Grady Sizemore, and Brandon Phillips back in the deal, and that deal panned out obviously for Cleveland. But now you look back at it, so Cologne's still going, right? Cliff Lee's retired, Sizemore's retired, Brandon Phillips is still going. So, and now Cologne and Brandon Phillips are on the same team with the Braves. So it's kind of interesting how it all comes full circle later on, later on in their careers, right? So here you got Cologne, yeah. who, was the, who was traded for three young kids. He's outlasted two of those kids, and Phillips is the only one 
still going, who's had a long career as well, Brandon Phillips. So that's pretty interesting. And now they're on the same team, Phillips and Cologne. So that's, to me, that's pretty interesting how that all worked out. And that yeah, ended up very, being some um, deal for Cleveland. Cleveland got three big players, and that ended up being some deal. Yeah. And look at and look at how that is, uh, you know. And I, and the other thing, like I, I've mentioned, I've mentioned that also, that you know, Cologne outlasted Turner Field. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah, now uh, now we have SunTrust uh, Field or Field or Park or something. It's cra- it, it, It's funny. Um, it's funny how that uh, how that all works out. Just like, I, I just hope it doesn't end up like Enron Field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. we'll have to rename somebody. Uh, I don't know why they just didn't go with my all-time favorite. I would have named it Chipper Jones Park. Get a nice little home run for Chipper, who's got a book out, by the way. I, I'm excited yeah. about Chipper's book. It's crazy, you know. But uh, it, and it's funny to see Chipper Jones with uh, walking with diaper bags. That's crazy, you know. <laughs> and then, so you know, and like early in the year, I don't get caught up in this early in the year. You know, teams off to an early, slow start. It's early. It's four games into a season. There's no, you know, no reason for teams to sit here and panic and, you know, get off to a one and three start. Let's start panicking and this and that. It's early in the year. Obviously, you want to get off to a good start. Everybody does. But it's not the end of the world if you lose a couple of series early in the year. The no, and, is, yesterday, and yesterday's game with Pittsburgh, I didn't think was going to happen because, again, with, when, when you hear snow, um, when you hear snow, uh, you know, you get you get panicky. I mean, snowing in Pittsburgh and, you know, and that game was pretty good yesterday. Um, you know, I, 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 was ex- I was glad the Braves came back. They rallied. They almost pulled it out. Yeah, they rallied. Yeah, it was game. close. I mean, it was, pretty, it, uh, it was pretty close. But uh, I like watching the games. You know, uh, I, I was watching the I, the games that I've been watching. I've been I've seen a lot of the Reds versus the, um, the Phillies. I like the two rookies. I think you know. I think they. Uh, I think they're going to be pretty good. One for the Reds, and I and I like the one for the Phillies. Which ones? Turner. Um, Turner and what's the other guy's name for the Phillies? I like Turner. Turner for the Reds. Yeah, it's Turner for the Reds, and and then the Phillies rookie that just came up on. Uh, I believe it was on Wednesday, I want to say. Yeah, it was Wednesday. So, yeah, so your Braves led yesterday. They scored three in the eight to make it interesting. They were down 5-1. Yeah. yeah. They got it to 5-4. And then, uh, you know, they had two men on in the last inning, too. They just couldn't They couldn't get that guy across the other side of the game. Didn't they have second and third at the end of that game? What happened? Yeah. That was a good game. You know, I liked. I was hoping that I, I'd like to see what Folowich is gonna, you know, kind of continue to do. That's the whole. And, and Garcia, I like to see what what that's gonna happen. I think Cologne is gonna be outrageous. Uh, I think Cologne's gonna be outrageous. Yeah, listen. He got some ovation. I was at opening day. He got some ovation, Colonial. Yeah, and he was and he was just in the. He got some ovation. He was he was just in in the ducks coming out of the dugout, and he was just saying hello to everybody. And he was, uh, you know, um, you know what's funny too? I don't know if you caught it. Um, I love the joke that I love the joke that um, 
that was made about the Braves when the Braves, all the players were wearing all their, their they were wearing, they were covering their faces up. And, uh, and um, what do you call Keith Hernandez and, and Rod Darwin were going back on that. What do you think the Braves, you know, with the Braves are out here like, like they're in Buffalo or like they're in Green Bay in January. And he's like, it's April. I know. You see the guys wearing like the ski masks and stuff. Yeah, already, they're wearing you know? the ski masks. They're protecting their face. Um, you know, it just, uh, it's just, it's just. I, I like to see. Uh, I, I do feel bad for them that they got to come uh, into the cold. But what are they gonna do? You got to play baseball. But I'm glad they played yesterday. I'm glad they didn't have a snow out yesterday. Yeah. That happened one year. That that happened one year to me. I had. I had tickets for a Sunday game, for a Mets game in April. It was 2000. And uh, I, went, I went to a communion on Saturday night. The next day, me and, my, me and my ex, we decided, me and my ex decided to go to the, to the snow. We, we, went, we were going to go, so we got up early. And then when I woke up, I seen the whole thing was covered. So then I, I called the number, and it said, the Mets game snowed out. That was the best move that I've ever made because we never cashed in those tickets until right a week before the Mets, um, right before the a week before the Mets played um, the Giants. So I so I cashed them in. I said, you know what? We'll go to, why don't we go to a playoff game? Never been to a yeah, playoff yeah. game. It would be exciting. So yeah, it can't be that's that. What we did. So we we so we cashed in the. The tick, we cashed in the tickets, and we got, and we got the two, and we got to see the the Mets um, win against the Giants. It was an amazing game, but it, it's just snow in April. It's it, it could happen. Yeah, you don't want to see that. It's time. It's time to move on. It looks like we're going to get some good weather this week, Mike. So, be, Mike, before I let you go, I, I ask you one more question. What do you think? How's your fantasy team doing so far? Oh, we're doing. Uh, <laughs> My fantasy, that's the problem. Thank God it's only fantasy. <laughs> right now, uh right now we're not doing uh right now we're not doing so good. It looks like um it looks like this week uh matchup we're not doing pretty uh well yesterday we didn't do uh we didn't do pretty good. We uh what do you call eight and one. We're in progress right now, but so far uh, the Wildcats for Washington are beating the not whip for life Braves. So it's not we're not looking uh, too good, but today, uh, today I have a feeling today. Oh, you play head to head, right? You'll eat head to head. Yeah, we're doing head to head this year. Um, but uh, today, but today I have um, I have R. A. Dickey who's making his debut for the Atlanta Braves, uh, and that's another thing. All you met haters out there, don't hate R. A. Dickey. You loved him when you had him. Don't hate him. What do we got here? A couple of haters, right? Yeah, right. Actually, I'm sarcastic. A lot of Mets fans didn't like R.A. Dickey. Dickey got a nice ovation on opening day, too. Yeah, a lot of Mets fans really. I I had a lot of friends that didn't like him. And uh, and also I have Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I have Kershaw, too. Kershaw's pitching today. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's going to yeah, it's going to be pretty. Uh, it's going to be pretty, pretty interesting, say the least. It's, it's going a to long be, season. It, it's, Six months. It's a long yeah, season. It's yeah, a marathon. but it's going to be. But you know it's what? Though, I, I, I like. Is a marathon. Yeah, but I like what you said. I like what you said. Um, 
I like what you said earlier about when you can turn on the games. Hey, that's what I'm doing. I'm always flipping. I'm always, if there's another game on and it's overlapping, I'll go to the next game. I, I did I did want to say one more thing, though, that yesterday I was I was rooting for the Philadelphia to get their opener. I wanted everybody out there in Philadelphia, all my friends uh, in Philly, you know, uh, I wanted them to um, to get a W. And, of course, it would help us if they would beat Washington. But that didn't happen. A shout-out to our own Bay Ragney. Yeah, own we, Bay got, Ragney. we got Bay Ragney. I was going to say we got Bay Ragney. We got Chris Kelly of Lillian in, in, in 80s. We got Gina. Gina's another. She's been uh, she's been a not she's been lights out. She covers for Lillian. She is a sports fanatic, and her and I talk baseball, and it's great talking to a woman that knows her sports. I love it. I love it. They could tell she could tell me what a what a home run is instead of talking to a friend of mine that doesn't even know what the heck that is. I have to teach her everything I know about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not saying much if I have to uh, if I have to go into my if I have to go into my you know repertoire. My my mother was saying we were talking the other day with the kids and they were talking about my love for wrestling and my mother goes, "What about his love for baseball?" And she goes, "My my son all he did was talk about baseball, 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 baseball." <laughs> all right, Mike. Well, and I and I love it. Hey, how in. how how did your son have fun? Did your son have fun at opening day? Oh yeah, he had a blast. Yeah, good time, a lot of fun. We I like really early. We would have like two uh, hours early. Piazza. Yeah, that was cool. We got we got there early. We went to the Met Hall of Fame. You know, he took some pictures with the trophy and the plaques, and then we went and played yeah. wiffle ball, and then we went in the batting cage. Mr. Met, he had we had a good time. We got there nice and early so we could do some things, you know. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm glad. And I was praying. We bought our gloves. We had a catch right in front of the stadium. It was nice. Now, I posted something on Facebook, which no meth van answered me, and it was about the food over there because this year I'm, I'm going to try to go to a game. And I seen something that, that really, like, I seen something that really got me, and it was the filet mignon steak sandwich. Have you ever had that? Yes, I, I, had that. I, didn't have it, I didn't have it on opening day. I had it last year, and it was really good. I had that last okay. year. All right. See, really I knew good. I had to ask you because you're the expert. See, Mr. Mojo, you, you you love sports and you love food. You're a man after my own heart, like I am. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that that sandwich is really good. And like I was saying earlier, I don't know if you heard me in the beginning. I was talking about what we did. We went to the the Porsche Grill in the in City Field, and for thirty three dollars, it's an all you can eat buffet, and it has a variety of stuff from from burgers, hot dogs to pastrami to antipasta to chicken to salads to pizza. I mean, it's such a great deal. You'll spend $25 just on a hot dog, fries, and a soda. You can go in there for $33 and have an all-you-can-eat buffet, what, uh, sit at a nice called? table. It's well worth the money, and you leave there full. You know, it was definitely yeah, well worth it, the money. What's it called? The Porsche Grill. Oh, okay. I think I've seen that. I think I've seen, uh, I think I've seen that. City Field, the and then you can see the oh, game cool. right out the window. I, you look out the window, see right on the field. You see yeah. the game right on the field. So oh, that's it's cool. nice. I gotta, I gotta check. Uh, I gotta check that out. I remember years ago going to the Diamond Club. I mean, my father used to get these. Yeah, the Diamond Club. My, my father used to get these outrageous tickets. He used to get them for 
for Yankee Stadium, and he used to get them for for Shea, for Shea at the time, obviously. And we used yeah. to go to the Diamond, and then with Yankees, we used to go into their their thing. It was it was cool back then, you know. But that's what I wanted to know about that because hopefully this year, sometime this year, um, I was hoping to go to the game that they come in when the Braves come in again on the Thursday afternoon, but that's not going to happen. So. Now we'll see what happens. All right, Mike. Yep. Well, thanks again. All right, thanks so well, I'll talk always, to you next week. And, and, and this week my show, re- my show is going to um, return on Wednesday night because i got to talk about WrestleMania. I haven't been able to uh, to do a show, yeah. but uh, we got to get into it. Uh, this this Wednesday night we're gonna, I'm going to be back. All right, on the I'll be listening. Talking about WrestleMania. I'll be listening. Thank you. All right, Thanks thank you, and I'll talk to you, and I'll talk to you next week, and I'll hit you up, Definitely. and uh, we'll talk some more baseball. Okay, have a good right, show, man. Anthony. You're a good host. I you love too. it. Keep keep up thank the good you, work. Man. Have a good one. You got it, brother. Magic Mike Ferrara, talking baseball as always. Great job. You can hear pro wrestling now and more with Magic Mike Ferrara Wednesday nights on Totally Driven Entertainment at eight o'clock. It's Wednesday. Listen in. He'll be doing his WrestleMania recap, so it'll be a good show. Definitely listen in. Going to keep going with the phone line. Christine from Pinebush, what's going on? Hey, Mr. Mojo. How you doing? All right. How's it going? Good. Better what's going on? Were, it could be better if the Yankees were win, winning a little more, but it's okay. It's early. Like you said, it's still early, you know, so... They got a lot we'll of see. young players, so they're, de- they're still a developing team, the Yankees, you know? Yeah. They got, they got, a lot, they got a, you know. Yeah, and I feel like they always start like this. They always start off. I'm not expecting them to go to the World Series this year, but I like to see them get it together, you know? Yeah. I think they need a little, I think they need a little here and there, a little change, you know, they they definitely need, in my opinion, they definitely need pitching. I say it every year. I mean, even though they have these names and, you know, oh, they're good, he's good, he's good, they definitely need a reliable starting pitcher, one or two, in my opinion. They're talking about Tanaka opting out, and they and they might not sign him. If they lose Tanaka, they really got no pitching. I don't know. Right. You know, I think they just say stuff like that to get everybody riled up. I don't know. But, but they, you know, it's a ploy, it's negotiation ploy. They don't want to, you know, they're trying to, you know, let them know we're not going to give you crazy money either. So, you know, it's got to be something reasonable, right? So. Right. I really wanted to touch on uh, Tony Romo uh, retiring. Yes, the Tony Romo retirement. How do you feel about that? I mean, I feel a little sad only because, you know, I feel bad he never won a ring. And, I you know, I just feel like I'm glad for him. I'm glad that he's going to be a CBS analyst, whatever, for sport, for football, the top analyst or something I heard, which is good. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad for him. I just feel bad because I know he probably didn't want to, you know, retire yet, but. He probably knows if he gets hit one more time, he's finished, you know? So, yeah. I think I, it's I a guess did, Yeah, I guess he did what he had to do, you know, but it's just sad, you know? I feel like he never, like, it's like Dan Marino. He never got a ring either, right? Dan Marino? Yeah, no, yeah. 
he never got Marino's a ring. Marino's probably either. the greatest quarterback that never got a ring, Marino. Right. So sad when something, you feel bad. You're like, oh, he was good, you know. Like, he wasn't Marino, obviously. But, you know, I, I just, he was a good quarterback, uh, Romo. And it was sad that he never got a ring or whatever. I would have liked to see him come back one more year. But I guess he just, you know, Dallas has been good to him. So I guess he just wanted to go off as a cowboy. Well, remember at the end of Marino's career, he had a chance to go play with Minnesota with Randy Moss and Chris Carter, and he looked like he was right. going to go there, and then, and then he decided not to and said he didn't want to put right. on another uniform. Right. You know? So he yeah, because they got it so long on the team, and it's just, you know, yeah. So I, I was glad for him, but it was a little sad, you know. I was like, oh, I guess, yeah. It would have been exciting to see he was on Houston and him them playing Cowboys. That would have been. But. Yeah, how, 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 how crazy would that have been if they would end up playing like Houston in the Super Bowl or something, right? Yeah, that would have been. quarterback. Yeah, that would have been, been insane. Special, yeah. But. I got a little surprise, and I'm going to bring in a, a real a real crazy one. Fivo, what's going on, Fivo? Hey, what's up, Mojo? Hey, Chris Stein from Pinebush. What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> uh, eh, nothing much. You know, the, the corner with, with the Tony Romo, you know. I, I think he'll be a decent analyst, you know. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think he'll, he'll be pretty good doing that. You have issues, Michael. You're probably on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that he, uh, he, he didn't leave, but. Say he wanted that. Some sometimes these quarterbacks do that at the end, and they ruin their whole legacy. Yeah. So. Yep. You know, yeah. Plus, I no, think, I think it's right. something with the right thing, especially like Christine said. He's, I mean, the guy's one hit away from you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, his kids, plus, I, I think it's I actually some, seen something some pretty point, funny on him. I seen something pretty funny where Romo said his kid, how his kid was taking it, and his son's like, "You're never gonna play football," and he's like, "You know, as a kid," but he's like, "Get yeah, no serious. Don't worry. You know." You know, I'm going to be home more, and blah, blah. And the kid goes, no, I thought you meant you're never going to play football with me in the backyard again. <laughs> That's what his son thought. He's never going to have a catch with him again. <laughs> oh, that was okay. pretty funny. Yeah, but I, but, I, I uh, think yeah. at some point with him, uh, I, you know, because Jerry Jones is like a father figure to him, too, he, I think he was yeah. saying. I think at some point like, he's going to have, like, a high, high-ranking high job in, the, in that organization anyway. Yeah, that's what Raymond yeah, said. Raymond thinks so I think all. that's why, too. You know, yeah, and like I you said, that, one hit, sure. that could be it. You know, he might get hit hard in the first, second week, and he'd be done, and people would be talking, you know, about him and stuff. So. Yeah. Right. I agree. So. I totally well, I have someone agree. else I want to say hello right now. So just hang on a second. Hi. Hi. Hey, Sam, what's going on? Nothing. You're on the air. She's shot. Yeah, she's shy. She's like, she's shy. <laughs> Who is that, Simba? <laughs> That's yeah, my beautiful yeah. goddaughter. Yep. Oh, damn, I thought it was Simba. Oh, all right. Simba. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What else is going on? So you guys, the mess are doing pretty good. I mean, they're two for two, right? Yeah, two and two. It seems to be better, but it, it's not terrible. But you know, some yeah, of the same problems still exist. 
you know, some of the team issues. Yeah, Wheeler, was, Wheeler, uh, Wheeler got hit hard yesterday. You know? He looked yeah, good Wheeler in the beginning. Rough, so. You know, he's going hard, but, you know, he's just looking straight. It's funny because I, w- I was out with Anthony. We went to go to some stores, so we stopped. You know, we're in the pizzeria first, and we were watching the first inning. Said it on in the pizzeria. And, uh, you know, so we watched the Mets score, and then we watched, you know, we watched Stanton almost hit a home run in the second. He hit it right to the wall. And then we left. And then, then we're in ShopRite, and we're leaving ShopRite, and we go, all right, let's check the score. And we put on the phone, it's 5-1, Marlins. Like, what just happened? It was like oh, an hour, 5-1. I'm like, what just happened, you know? But, uh, not, yeah, but not, that, not you know, we... Mojo, not for nothing, but yeah. I, not that we lost the game. I'm not, like, you know, quarterback in here, but Gaselman should have been the fourth starter anyway. Why, why was Wheeler the fourth starter? Yeah, yeah, I didn't get Gisellman that one either. Right. You know what I'm saying? Wheeler hasn't yeah. pitched. Like, why would you pitch Gaselman and Wheeler the next game? Yeah. No, I don't know Wheeler. And he didn't even have a good spring, Wheeler. Gaselman had a great spring, too. Why yeah. Why wouldn't he be the fourth? I don't understand. I don't get that. Yeah, but, it didn't make sense. I agree. You know, one guy hasn't you know? pitched in two years, right? One guy hasn't pitched in two years. And, and, and uh, one one guy was pitching in a place. The other guy's coming off a good year. Yeah, the other guy's yeah. coming and off a good, good year. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. And a sense. good spring, right? Yeah, and a great spring. He had a great spring. I think his ERA was like yeah. two, two and change. You have no idea sense, what you're getting. And you have no idea what you're getting out of Wheeler this year. You don't. You have no idea. You know, no. so it's like you can hope for the best. He was throwing 96, you know? He was throwing 96. Yeah, 97. Yeah. So, but um, I don't know what I don't know what the heck happened. I was just I was watching it on my phone. He still like, has no command. He yeah. has the same command issues, you know. It's unbelievable. That's the that's the end of the day again. The command. If you can't command your pitches, you, you'll never be successful. You know. Mm-hmm. Like the same thing, even with like Harvey the other night. Harvey looked great. He wasn't trying to overpower nobody. Maybe he can't overpower anybody anymore. I don't know. But you yeah, know, he was mixing his pitches up. Yeah, mixing his pitches yeah. up. He, 77 he pitches in seven innings. I think he innings. shaved. I mean, he went back to his old look. Yeah, he shaved. You know, plus, I think he's, yeah, plus, you know, I think, I think the um, Cyclone coaching had a lot to do with it. That's true. You know. And and Adriana yeah. Lima, his new girlfriend, has a lot to do with it, too. The supermodel girlfriend. That could have a lot to do with it, too. Yes. <laughs> that, has, that definitely has to do with the shaving part, I can tell you that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So we'll see. It's early. Look, the both teams, Yankees are one of three, Mets are two and two. It's early though. You know, it, it's early in the year. There's no reason to panic. It, it's, you know, obviously you want to see guys get going. The Mets need Reyes to get going. You know, they need a couple of guys to get going. But overall, yeah, I mean, so, I you know what it is? It's right. still it's still chilly out. It's still chilly out. These guys have it. You know, some of these guys you could tell like they've been in the ones, especially the ones that play like in the World Baseball Classic. You know, they're they're more up to speed right now. They've been playing like tough competition. <laughs> Yeah, these guys yeah. got to still get in the groove. Still, it's still early. You know, yeah, it's a good no, sign that Sanchez started hitting yesterday a little bit. Right, Chris? Yeah. Right. You know, at least Gary Sanchez started hitting a little bit yesterday. So, you know, hopefully, he, you know, he'll start hitting again. They need um, the Yankees need, you know, hitting. Yankees need pitching. They need That's pitching. What that's you know. They need pitching. They need. Pi- I say it every year. They need pitching. 
they they bank on these guys that have been has been you know they get these big these names or these guys that they've had that don't got it anymore. They need a a, a pitcher, a young good pitcher. Yeah, you need to develop that. That's the thing. They need to develop that. Those pitchers don't grow up. You got to develop them. But to me, in my opinion, they're always more concerned with the big bat. You know, they could have gotten some pitching over. You know, you know, last year at the end of this. I mean, they got they got they got some. Some good young bats right now, so they should really, they really need. I heard they they were actually looking at Little Mojo right now in the minors. So. They need Little yeah, Mojo. At, I bet you Little Mojo could do just as good as who they have now. Yeah. <laughs> I heard they're looking at something. They might promote Mojo in '87. I got contacted already, but I said stay yeah. away. He's too they're young. They're not ready. To, they're not ready to start negotiating yet. Just remember, I'm in that box. Just remember, I'm in that box. I'm in that skybox with you. Anthony's, little Anthony's chomping at the bit for tomorrow's game. He's chomping at the bit right now. He's in the living room mm-hmm. crushing yeah, balls just, right now. All over, he's crushing balls all over the living room right now. So, yeah, I was just <laughs> talking to him a little while ago. He's looking forward to you coming tonight, Mike, for your gloves. So we'll, yeah. we'll play later. I know. Um, he, he was so excited about the football game last night. Send me what the, happened? Um, the schedule. I know, you know, tomorrow, you know, but send me the schedule for – this is the travel team, right, tomorrow? Yeah. So next week they don't play because the East – two weeks they'll be playing Staten Island in two weeks, on the 23rd. Oh, well, but it's, in a, it's an early morning. That's like a 9 a.m. game in two weeks. I'll send you the schedule, though. Yeah, just send me the schedule. It's every Sunday until June, into June, so – and then that's it. He's not on another team like a normal, a regular team. Or no, he plays Rex too. No, he plays Rex too. Travels on Sunday, but then the the travel team stays together in Rex, and they play two games a week. So we got three games a week. We're going to be playing for the next two months. Oh, wow. Three games a week, and we'll be practicing one cool. days a week. It's going to be four or five days a week baseball. That's awesome. I miss those days. Today, today we're actually going to his, one of his teammates' birthday parties at uh, at one o'clock. So that'll be fun. Aww. Yeah, he was yeah. excited about the Atlanta Hawks game last night. <laughs> he was telling me about. Oh it. yeah, he was. We were going nuts watching that game last night. They, yeah. they beat the he Cavaliers in it, Cleveland, but... but their five best players, well, their five starters, all sat out. And they won in Cleveland. LeBron, Irvin, Love all played. They needed the game. The Cavaliers. It's amazing. They can't beat their ass in the playoffs or anything with their starters. They play their backups and they beat them. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it was a big win for them. It was a nice win. We were going crazy watching that game. Who are they playing now? Toronto? He's just like you, Andy. Either Toronto or Washington. Yeah. You guys did the same thing. Like, you guys growing up, Daddy was always sports. We used talking sports and watching games. And you guys do the same thing with your boys. Michael did it with Mikey, and you're doing it with um, Anthony. Like Anthony's what seven? He's gonna be eight. Six. He's seven. He's not even seven oh, yet. He'll be seven. He's gonna be seven and in two. He, be seven in two weeks right. from today. He'll be seven. Right. He'll be seven, and he knows everything about sports. Every sport, baseball, basketball, football, it's amazing. It's yeah, it amazing. does. He knows a lot. He knows everything. And he not only does he, he know he, it, he plays it. 
he plays basketball. Chris, you want to laugh? Chris, you want to laugh? He's watching that last week. since 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, Chris, you want to laugh, Chris? He was Last yeah. week he was talking to me about, about cricket. He knows about cricket, this kid. Yeah, no, I mean, no, he was telling me about the rules and everything. I was like, "What?" It's funny. No, but I mean, as far as baseball, the kid knows this stuff. He's not just, you know, watching the game and talking. He knows baseball. He knows. No, he's very head smart. He knows he's the game. Smart. Even last year, Chris, he, he has the, the M- last year, I mean, he knows when to take up. Yeah, he goes he, halfway on fly balls already. He yeah. knows the rules. He knows how to play the game. He walks. He walks around with the MLB rule book in his pocket. That's I'm telling you. That's my little boy there. Little, little he's, literally, he's literally been watching. He's literally been watching MLB Network since eight o'clock in the morning. I know. <laughs> That's great. He's so into it. It's like he's he's so knowledgeable. I mean, of course, his dad is very knowledgeable, but he's only six. You it's know, funny because I'm crazy. doing the show and I peek in there and I see him and he's in the living room. Just like practicing his swing and like he's just making sure he keeps his body, his front foot straight. Yeah. Like he's like, I'm, I'm watching him from behind and he's keeping his foot. Yeah. He's like the way he's just swinging. He's like making sure of everything. We had fun. The we had fun opening day with Michael and Mikey, right, Mike? That was, those were really nice yeah, pictures. Yeah. Those were great pictures. I love them. Really nice yeah. pictures, right? Really nice. Yeah, I, was talking, I was talking about the deal in the restaurant. How, how great is that? Rather than sit there and buy a hot dog, fries, and a drink to go Absolutely. to that restaurant for thirty, for 30 bucks, all you can eat buffet, yeah, right? Well, I mean, that was yeah. Well, remember, remember when we first got there, we bought four four frankfurters for thirty bucks. It was like what? Yeah, that was crazy. But that thirty bucks, you buy a dozen right. well, yeah, all you can eat, right? Everything, right? Oh, Michael yeah. told me the same thing. You said that some oh, it was of food. Plus, it's, it's great too because you could watch. You're watching the game from the table. You you could go outside and watch the game. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, the only don't the only knock the only knock in that restaurant is like you know sometimes the waitresses they like spit in your face a little bit. But other than that, it was pretty, it was pretty good. Well, you took a you took a picture with the waitress. Yeah, remember the piece of piece of something flew out of her mouth and hit me right in the lip. And Ew. I like, took it off. And I was, yeah, I was like, oh my god! And I had to take a picture with her after that. I was like, ah, oh, it was funny. Oh my god, that's so gross. Ew. Yeah, but yeah, other than that, but the food was good. We ate, oh, we ate a lot of food. I mean, I had like three three burgers, two franks, pizza, macaroni and cheese. It was a wow. lot of food. Yeah, no, the pastrami was a little fatty, but at least they still give you pastrami, right? Yeah, I mean, we had the pastrami. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. The antipasta, right? The sliders. Yeah, it was a lot of food. Wow, Olives, they give you a lot of stuff. That sounds awesome. Yeah. A that lot, really, nice. Tony, a lot of stuff. Tony, Tony, has, Tony has a lot of finger foods for tonight for you guys for the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah. it. So, yeah, so make sure you bring your fingers. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if you want to crowd here. All right. <laughs> Tough crowd here. All right. Mike, what time are you? All right, guys. Uh, I'm going to probably try to head out there around maybe 3, 4 o'clock. Okay, let me know. I got to – all I got to do is – I mean, I don't know if you're going to be here at that time, but I, when I got to run later, like 5 o'clock, I got to run and get, like, some of the food that she ordered. Like some of the, you know, the appetizers okay. she ordered. She ordered a bunch of appetizers. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm down and, there, uh, 
Yeah, I'm down here. I'll call you. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you. And, uh, I'll meet you, up you know, I'm not saying if you're down, you come with me because it's by the hobby shop. We'll go to the hobby shop. The cards where they have the baseball cards. We'll we'll stop in there if you if you go with me. We'll check okay. out the hobby okay. shop. Okay. But it depends what time you come because I got to get that stuff by five o'clock. But you know, we'll right. figure it out Sounds later. Good. Call me later. I'll probably be home from the party right. at about three thirty. So. All right. All right. All right. Let me go. All right. All right, Mo Dog, see you later. later. Christine, always good talking to you. Good. Big shout uh-huh. out to, to Kathy from Pinebush, all right? And I'll see you later. All right, guys, see you later. Christine, Christine and Steva from Christine from Pinebush and Steva from Brooklyn. Great job. Thanks for calling in as always. And, uh, you know, good good segment, talking baseball, talking some other stuff. And uh see them later. I'm going to see them all tonight. So that that's... Uh, Stuff. So we're going to hit the phone lines again in a couple of minutes. I do want to, while I'm waiting for uh, my next call, I do want to, uh, I did want to address, hold on one thing, let me just pull this up. I do want to get into this, uh, do the little basketball standings here. So let's just take a quick look at the basketball races here that we got going on. We got some good races going on. So in the East, you have the Cavs with a one-game lead over Boston. The Cavs in one, Boston in two. Toronto in the third seed, tied with Washington. They're two games behind Boston, most likely not catching them. But they're two games, Toronto and Washington battling for three and four. So they're tied, well, half a game, Toronto, but tied in the lost column. So we'll see how that plays out. The Hawks are in the five. They're a game up on Milwaukee. I think after last night's win, the Hawks are probably in good shape to get to five. The Bucks at six. Then you got the Bulls and the Pacers, a game behind them, and the Heat two games behind. So the Heat right now are the outside looking in. Charlotte and Detroit, mathematically alive, but they need a lot to happen. So it really looks like Miami might be the only team with a chance there to catch one of them. So we'll see how that plays out. And then uh, in the West, you have Golden State with a four-game lead over San Antonio. Then the three, you have the Rockets. Then four, you have Utah. Five, you have the Clippers, a game behind Utah, so they're battling for the home field right there. Then you got the Thunder pretty much entrenched in the sixth spot. They're going to look like they're going to play Houston. Memphis in the seven. Portland with a one-game lead over Denver, so they're the only teams down. So you got Portland or Denver at the eighth spot. And then in the West, you're going to have pretty much, I think it's going to come down to Chicago, Indiana, and Miami for two or three slots. That's just my guess right now. But if the season ended right now, you have the Pacers versus the Cavs. You have the Bulls versus the Celtics. Good matchups. Toronto, Milwaukee, Washington, Atlanta. All good matchups. Then you have Golden State, Portland, Memphis, San Antonio, Houston, Oklahoma City, and Utah Clippers. Say Houston, Oklahoma City, but the top two MVP candidates going head-to-head right there. So that would be an interesting matchup as well. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, there's only a couple of games left. By next week, we'll be doing uh, – next week's going to be big. We're going to be doing basketball preview, hockey previews, playoff previews for both, basketball and hockey. So that's going to be big next week. And we're also going to be doing an NFL draft preview where PDV and Joe and Drew Brown are going to be coming on. And we're going to do a first-round mock draft next week as well. Because the 22nd, I'm most likely not going to be on the air. It's my son's birthday, and I have a lot going on. So we're going to do all – we're going to do the NFL draft preview this week. And then, obviously, on the draft, April 27th, like last year, I'm going to go on the air at 10.30 p.m. 
for about an hour just to recap the first round like they did last year. And then on the Saturday show, the 29th, we'll recap the first three rounds and preview the rest of the draft. As always, with PDD, Dudu Brown, and Carlise Taylor. So that'll be a lot of fun as well. But So we're going to get back to the phone line right now. Mojo. Good afternoon. Oh, good morning, actually, right? Going up. It's almost afternoon. It's almost afternoon. Almost. It's just early for your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early early start time today. Yeah, how's everything going? Going all right. Last night's game, not too good, but going all right. I know you you talked about about it before, and I'm sure you'll agree because I know you've mentioned this in the past. Obviously, the wheel of command issues is still an issue. You know, the lack of command is still, you know, something, you know, that's been an issue for him. You know, obviously, it's just one start, but it's just it's right. just the same, you know, same pattern, I would say, again, you know, with him. What do you think? Right. That, that, that seems to be the case. It is one start. I'm going to try to just figure the weather was a little exceptional. If you were outside last night, it was a lot colder and windier than I thought it would be, and not your best um, temperatures and wind conditions for a baseball game, but it didn't seem to affect the Miami pitcher. You know, and then um, I had texted you last night. I put on the game. I'm like five runs in three innings. I guess really didn't do well. Um, he seems happy with his start, and so does Collins. And yet you guys brought up uh, the point, like why is he fourth and not fifth? You know, you think about that a little. Because Elman did great last year, had a good spring. You would think he earned the fourth spot over Wheeler because not that he Wheeler's going to have a terrible season. It is more that we don't know what we're going to get in him. You know, he could be yeah, throwing exactly. 95 right. in, in a month or two. And and I'm kind of seeing him as a guy that's going to throw upper 90s and then conk out. It's his first season. There has to be some kind of pitch count. And they mentioned this in yesterday's game. Nothing etched in stone, but it's his first year back from surgery, just like Harvey last year. You have to keep an eye on him. You have to make sure you're not pushing him and overdoing it. You're looking to have him pitch this season and next season. You're not trying to burn him out the year after surgery by pushing him too hard. 
So all the more yeah. reasons maybe he should be the fifth starter, not the fourth. That, that is a little bit of a Terry Collins decision. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about it. You guys Terry. mentioned it, and, and I was like, we do have one pitcher that pitcher we don't know what we're getting. You know, I wouldn't say that about Kisselman. He's shown everything that, as a young pitcher, that's kind of earned it. We always, we want to give him a shot. And Giselman, but, and Giselman pitched good in, in, in clutch, you know, in pressure situations last year. You know, he had some big starters that came through for them last year, you know, in the playoff yeah. run. Yeah. And with the hair, it almost, you put on the game, you almost think, is that the Grom on the mound for a second? Yeah, with the hat and the hair, basically. You know, we'll see. He gets, he gets his start today, and hopefully he does well. But we'll will remain a question mark. He's a pitcher that's trying to prove, you know, he's back from surgery. And I don't think anyone comes fully back year one of the surgery he had. So I, I would think really, there would be a pitch technically, down. This is technically year two, though, because he didn't pitch all of last year either. He didn't pitch for two right. years. You know, so this he should be mm-hmm. ready to go right now. You know, to me, right. that's, I mean, listen, he was throwing 97 yesterday. So that's encouraging, at least. But... It's just the command, again, is not where we need it. You know, he needs it to be. But hopefully, you know, listen, we got a good start out of Harvey. Harvey definitely looked good. That was encouraging. Right, but look at our top three. The dog pitch great. Yeah, the top three all pitched lights out. So, and that, and and looking at it from that point of view, you know, a lot of positives there, right? So, right. I guess, and a few of the Walters and a couple of, couple of starts, you know, hopefully we'll have Lugo and Steve Matz back. Wheel is just important right now not to be a giveaway, you know, a game where teams are going to score five, six runs. The Mets offense yeah, Lugo, isn't quite there. Lugo, they got to worry. They got to hope Lugo don't need Tommy John's surgery too, right? So that's another thing. Right. He has a, a partial tear of his UCL ligament. So, yeah. But that's also right, so that leaves him as a question. Tanaka had that. That's what Tanaka had. And Tanaka mm-hmm. ended up avoiding surgery, so we'll see what happens there. But now I heard they're looking at the signing Doug Spitzer, Pop. He's a decent veteran pitcher, so you know, that wouldn't be a bad move to add to the rotation depth. Because obviously they've got a couple of injuries now that have, you know, obviously they're not as deep as it, as it looked before the season, you know, the rotation yeah. now with Matt. So in Lugo going down. So we'll see what right. happens. That's, not, that's also, something – not necessarily that you count on. You know, you say we got five starters and two other guys, and then two go down, and now you're looking at exactly what you're saying. Five starters, one more goes down. You're bringing up a minor leaguer. Montero becomes the starting rotation. And right now, Montero looks valuable in long relief. Yeah. You know, and it was last night's game, either Keith or um, Darling, Ron Darling, I think it was Keith, had said the one thing, and you've been saying it, looking at this ball club, if you're looking at a weakness, to get familiar back with solid, read solid, that in between, you know, if Montero's going to be there, if someone gets knocked out in a couple of innings, I think he'll do good enough to get you to the sixth, seventh inning. But it's that sixth, seventh inning leading up to read and familiar, and the days you have to give them to a day off, where it, Salas is the only one that I think has looked okay. Robles, Shaky. Yeah. Salas looked alive. Smoker, I, I can't tell yet. It was too cold. He was clearly another one. Um, if you watch the game later, a ton of command issues that he doesn't normally have. 
you know, and he looked really frustrated on the mound. He kept blowing on his hand, licking his fingers. The, the cold weather was clearly, he's not a cold weather pitcher. But that, that role, when Reed and Familiar not pitching or coming up to the 6th, 7th inning, is the Mets' weak spot. You're, yeah, you're only agreed. four games in, and, and it's and it's obvious. Four games into it, and it's it's obvious. It's the it really same issue be. that we had last year. And, you know, yeah. I got to say, with his name, with his name is, uh, you know, I, I actually was worried coming out of spring training on Reed a little because he had a rough spring, but he's, He's kind of got he's kind of got rid of that for me. He's, he looks good early in the year, so it looks like you right. know. Yeah, I think Reed will be know, okay, and they'll they'll feel better in the bullpen when Familia's back, and Reed will feel better going back into his role that he was so successful in last year. I don't think he could have done much better than he did. Um, yeah, Familia will be back in less than two weeks, right? Yeah, it'll happen quick, but that there is that little gap. And if Salas does okay, that's nice, but you can't pitch him every day. So no. minus him, you, we have a, a weakness. You know, and if he's a little bit over the we, course we all of the know season. We you overwork a pitcher. Right. If he does well, we'll see him five days in a row until he can't pitch anymore. And then we'll shake his confidence and not put him in that spot. You know, every bullpen has the rubber arm in the bullpen, but – Last yesterday's game, you could see they just uh, smoke it. They just left and threw them out. The game was over. They didn't want to waste any more pitchers. He couldn't pitch for anything, and they left him in a couple of extra innings. But the, there was no life in the in the, in the game. It was nice. He says, but hit his first home run. Maybe he'll get going. Yeah, yeah, that was nice to see. They needed that. Yeah, and his, his at bats yesterday, um, he was swinging hard. He overswung on a couple of high fastballs. But I was like, he's trying to hit home run. I could ju- I just see it instead of making contact. You know, and getting on base in the other games, you drew a walk, get a double. And then he was kind of like his fear me swing. Where a pitcher knows if they make a mistake, it's landing in a parking lot. No one's catching it at the fence. You know, he has a, a different, like what you call a violent swing sometimes. And yeah. I could see yesterday he, he um, was swinging the bat that way. He wanted to get his first home run, get it over with. You know, not for nothing in a game you're down that many runs, you might as well. Yeah, a player like yeah. him, I don't think no, you might as well. Yeah, that's the perfect chance to swing to the fences and, you know, not have to worry about anything. Yeah, they're not going to say, hey, why are you swinging that way? He, he wants to get his first home run past him. So it's like a week from now, I'm like, oh, he hasn't hit his home run yet. Hasn't, doesn't have a home run yet. Him and Bruce yeah, got that, their home that's runs. Yeah, it starts getting in your head, right? When you go like a week and you still have a home run, then you start getting, it starts getting into your head and then, you know. Exactly. You know, that, that's something these so. guys, that's their role on the team, him and Bruce. That's their role. Other guys' home runs, it's nice when they get them, but these guys, we want 30-plus home runs. Yeah, they, so they we're paying them for, right? We're paying them for that. Mm-hmm. It's like in the Piazza days, you know, he would draw a walk. Sometimes you got to draw a walk or leave it up to somebody else. But you know what? You're not paying him to draw a walk. You're paying Guerrero and Walker and these guys to do that and Darno. These guys are being paid to clean things up, bring in the RBIs. You know, if you're pitching around them where nothing's near the strike zone, I kind of get it. If they're giving you a pitch that you think you can reach and hit, I don't fault them for going after those pitches. 
It is what they're paid to do, what they're here for, what the fans want to see. Yeah, another it, it, another interesting dynamic is is that uh, as well as is the cat. So the first four games here, you have the catches split two and two, right? Right. So you have two games, two games for uh, you know, two games for Rivera, two games for Darno. So now you know Darno's playing today, but you know Rivera is going to play tomorrow with Syndergaard. So you have they, they're going to have split the first six games after tomorrow. Right. So. You That's know, a good way to get them. You need a catcher and a hitting group, but I guess the only, need way that's change, the only way that's going to change is if Dono starts hitting consistently, and then that could change. Right. You know, if you don't hit consistently, they're not going to make that change. Yeah, Rivera's not bad. He's the better defensive, better arm. And I worry about him catching too many games and wearing out. Dono's going to have his opportunity. You know, he's not great. You know, he never was a great, great catcher, but he was a good catcher. He's going to have opportunities because there's not much competition. It's just Rivera. You know, he's not going to shut him down, you know, and, and hit 300. That's Rivera's not going to do that. I don't know, don't know if he didn't get that big hit the other day. He, he's, I, and I tell you this, he smothered some balls. He blocked some things well behind the plate. But he seems... Nervous if someone's on base or having to throw or someone's trying to steal. A ball went up on the air on him in the other game when he – it was ball four, but he thought he had to throw it a second. Ball goes straight up in the air when he went to throw it. He's He's got issues there. It's in his head. And and you can see it. He needs to get past that. Or what we were saying, like Piazza, just let it go. And with Syndergaard, just let it go. I mean, if someone's on base, I'm going to strike the next guy out anyway. You have to keep a positive winning attitude on the on the mound. I agree. And, no, you know, is. other things, other things that are, uh, obviously we talked about the other day, the game, you know, that they lost in extra innings. You know, we questioned a couple of those moves, especially pinch hitting Ty Kelly when you had Flores and T.J. Rivera on the bench, which made no sense. Yeah. Clear, clearly that, Collins went by the book of putting a lefty up against a righty pitcher because that's the only thing he could have went by because the move was senseless. When you have a guy with proven lead-in and clutch hitter like Flores sitting on the bench and you don't use him with the winning run on second base, it's just, to me, it's, it's totally acid mm-hmm. at that point. And you know, T.J. Rivera, I think they're both better hitters than Ty Kelly. Yeah, well, Kelly got the lead wave today. He got sent down. He got outrighted to the minors again. There's a guy you have no long-term plans for, but yet you put him up in a big spot, yet you put him up in in the big spot in the playoff game last year, and these are the moves that Collins has to be called out on because a guy like Ty Kelly should not be hitting in a big spot at the end of a game with the game on the line. He just shouldn't be. You know, no. to, waste, to waste Conforto in the seventh inning that, that night was a, was, a, was a ridiculous. It, it, it really was. You know, those are the type of situations you save a Conforto for. And if not, right. you go you go to Flores in that spot when you have Flores sitting there. You know that at all. And then I didn't like walking Freeman, who was struggling. Even though he's a great hitter, he was having a rough night, and Kemp was hitting everything hard. So let's walk Freeman against a Kemp with the bases loaded, and then he gave up the two-run double, which made no sense. Mm-hmm. I would have pitched to Freeman and brought the lefty in to face Freeman, who was struggling. But you know, right. that's just me. Oh, it's almost so. just common sense. But hey, 
Collins can be a different kind of manager, and he has these little stretches where he does these things and it works out. And you, you could, I wouldn't say Ty Kelly gets a hit. It's still not a good move. You know, it's not something that's exactly. good. A, a good move is something that you do this, and over time, you know, two out of four times, or you know, somewhere in there, it's winning some a certain amount of games for you. If you're going to play Ty Kelly in that role over the course of a season, you're going to lose a certain amount of games as opposed to winning a certain amount of games. That's that's what makes it a bad move. Not that it could never happen. It's just you're not putting the players in the best position to win the game. You're Ty Kelly in the, middle of, in the middle of a game, when when they have this scrub pitcher and the, the middle inning guy that's not that good and you want to use Ty Kelly at that point, that's what he's there for. Game on the line late. You got Flores and TJ Rivera sitting on the bench. That you didn't like, it, but it's it's a no brainer almost. It's it's a bad managerial decision. No way around that one. Even if I, even yeah, if he gets the hit, it's still a bad move to me. I agree. Actually, if he gets the hit, it's even worse because then that means he would have got more opportunities in the future. <laughs> so it would have been even worse <laughs> if he actually got a hit. That's a hundred percent right. You can tell we can use him in this role instead of realizing, hey, he got lucky. You know, he's a hitter that I see power pitches late in the game overpowering him. Odds are he's going to hit one out of twenty. Like that's not what you want to do. You know, to win games consistently over the season. Hopefully, him going down. Somebody said something and said, if he's on the bench, you might use him, get him off. <laughs> so yeah, and you know we. And to me, that's a big problem that in close games, he seems to make a lot of bad decisions. And, you know, that's something later in the year that could come back and bite you. And, you know, giving away games early in the year hurts, too. Obviously, listen, we're not, nobody's going to panic over a two-and-two start and, you know, a couple of bad moves. But to me, it's a pattern. And it's a, it's a, it's a worry down the road that, you know, you, keep, you give away too many games early in the year, it comes back and bite you. Because it did almost come back and bite them last year. They had a lot of bad losses right. early in the year last year, and then at the end of the year they were scraping to get in the playoffs, you know. And then so the, the Nationals, they had a hot start last year, right? They jumped out to like yeah, the Nationals, lead yeah. fairly early. They're 3-1 and one right now. You know, I, the I Nationals clearly mind. had some issues with their bullpen. Their bullpen's clearly mm-hmm. got issues right now. But Hoff is off to a hot spot, and Murphy, Murphy looks like he's picking up right where he left off. So, right. You know, well, the two of them had a good year. It's going to make them a little better than last year. Because only one of them had a good year last year. You know, Nationals are going yeah. to, in their mind, they're competing for first place to the, the, you know, the division again. You know, that's the reality. Yeah, and, and that's the Mets should be thinking the same thing because you don't want to be in another one-game playoff, which is most likely going to be against Bumgarner or Kershaw. And, you know, you definitely don't want that again, you know. No, just, they didn't learn a lesson last year. You know, and, and so, I was looking ahead in the schedule way, way ahead, you know, to say, hey, who did the Mets finish up against, you know, come September? And we got three games, Washington, three games, Atlanta at home. Two of we end with Philly on the road when we're talking end of the season. And it does go back to say you can't throw away these games you know, where one-run games, tight game, bad managerial decision, lose the game, knowing we're going to play the Nationals three in September. And if Atlanta's in this race, they give us a hard time. That's the reality of it. We're going to play three games with them. 
and then maybe be dependent on beating two games, you know, beating Philly twice at the end. Who knows, you know, where where anyone's going to be. And it's September. But we're playing our division, Miami, Washington, and Atlanta, right at the end of the season. So these games matter as much as those games. And if you can put yourself ahead and make those games not matter as much, you know, more power to you. That's that's what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, great for baseball if the season's on the line, you know, come September for ratings and excitement, but not for nothing, I'd rather have won the division. <laughs> you know, I, I don't need to have to sweep Atlanta to make the playoffs come the end of the year. We almost never sweep them at, on the road or at home. You know, I'd rather just be in first place. And we got Chicago yeah, in September, too. September's not going to be easy. Yeah, why well, dig yourself a hole where you got, you, like you said, you put yourself in must-win situations, you know, right. in September when you when you could actually use September maybe if you have a nice little lead to rest guys, you know? And right. You, you know, your, start, your start is fresh for the playoffs, you know? Cause, you Especially know, I a guy like Familia. Familia seems to run out of gas. You know, two years ago in 15 when Mets got to the World Series, you know, their pitches did great, but they pitched a lot of innings. And you've seen the, you've seen the effect last year, right? You had Harvey go down. You had DeGrom go down. You had Syndergaard had some issues. You know, you had Max go down yeah. as usual. So, you, had, you know, all these guys had tired arms last year from the playoffs. Right. They never threw that many innings that they threw that year before, you know, 250 innings, 220 innings. You know, these guys never pitched that many innings. So, it came back to, to really uh, – fight them at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Listen, it's, it's, a, it's a marathon. You know, it's a six-month season. It's a marathon. So, yeah, that, that it is. You know, you know, you look at the beginning and the end, but you got that whole great word for it. You just use marathon in between where everything can change. You go from having a promising season to a terrible season. Teams think they're going to be okay or in, it, in the end. Everyone's fighting for it. You know, and what you really want to be is that team sitting in first place. Let everyone else fight for the wild card. You, you know, yep. so much important, so much importance on being able to rest certain players, not have to pitch familiar in, in killer game situations coming up to a postseason. You know, you come in in postseason mode, but you also come in a little burnt out. And it did cost the Mets arms last year. There was a fatigue factor that you could visibly see, you know, with our starting pitching. And we we got to hope this year is a little different. It's hard to do that and win a World Series to go all the way. I agree. And the Mets are in one of those positions where, obviously, they have the pitching, but they, they want to keep these guys fresh. They don't want to burn them out. And, right. you know, but the only way to, to, to do that is to win games early and get yourself a lead in the division. Because once you start playing from behind, now you got to pitch everybody because now you, you, you need wins. You're desperate for wins. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's you can't, you just, like we said, I can't stress it enough how you can't give away games. Listen, you can lose games early in the year. It's going to happen. Everybody's going to lose. But you can't give it away. That's why I said we didn't give a game away. They, they took a lead. We didn't come back. Yeah, last night, yeah, Atlanta yeah, game, last night we just got dominated. We didn't manage ourselves into the best position to win that Atlanta, the second Atlanta game. Yeah. You know, kind of threw it away by not putting your best pinch hitter on in a key situation. That, that that's the kind of thing. Hey, if you have Flores and he doesn't get the hit, you went with your best or, or TJ Rivera, but you shouldn't be putting your third best up there. Yeah, and even asking that player to do that to accomplish that is wrong. 
You actually have to do it. The last guy on the bench and there's no other option. Different situation. You know, you know we'll, we'll get out of Wheeler. What, what do you think of this? If Wheeler um, throws 90s, but then by the third inning is not throwing 90s anymore. Did lose some velocity in that, in that game. Um, peaked at one point, and then it drops off. You know, we've done this with pitches, and they know oh, I want to be a starter, I want to be a starter, and then they go to another team. Isringhauser is the name I'm thinking of. And become a decent closer for, you know, a bullpen guy for a certain amount of years. If Wheeler's got a face after almost three years of absence and injuries, if you can throw a 90s for an inning or two, you're tailor-made for the pen. Yeah, that might be a bad spot, right? Yeah, I admire them wanting to be a starter, and that should be his push. But if it's not working out and you're not dominant past three innings, you're you're a reader or familiar. You're, you're not a starter. And at this point in his career, the Mets just should watch that closely with him. I agree. I don't think he's a kind of pitcher that's going to, like, we'll, we'll probably see Harvey transition a little bit from superpower pitcher to smarter pitcher, key, key pitches, like what Pedro Martinez did to extend his career. I can kind of see that with Harvey. Yeah, yeah. I think we're at the very beginning of seeing that, and I think he's going to have the talent to do it, and especially now that he's a third pitcher. It, it, he's in a perfect situation to remain a dominant pitcher without having to be the number one. You've you got DeGrom and Syndergaard on the team. Harvey's in a good position. Wheeler, on the yeah. other hand, I, I, do you think he's the kind of guy that can transition? I think he's a high strikeout guy, you know, what he was promised to be, but a power pitcher. I don't know if he's anything else more than that. Yeah, he he's just also screams out, out both. Say, uh, and he also has come out and say he, he wants to be a starter. He don't want to be a reliever. But, you know, right. the Mets also have an innings limit on it. Supposedly he's only going to go 120, 125 this year. So, if that's the case, right. he's not going to be a starting pitcher all year because that's impossible. So, right. He could easily end up in a bullpen if Matt's comes back and is healthy and, you know, that someone's got to get out of the rotation. And then right now, if I'm picking between Wheeler and Gazelman, we'll see what Gazelman does today, but I would think Wheeler's the odd man out. You know, who knows? It probably will be Gazelman. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I agree. If he comes in and shuts guys down today, like I just can't see making that decision just to give Wheeler opportunity. you got to do what's best for the team. You do have the inning limit. He can power pitch for a short amount of time. It's almost the answer's there in front of him. It's a matter of how much opportunity they're going to give him to be a starter. And knowing that Matt's is probably going to be on an all-fall season kind of what I see with him. Yeah, like, yeah, because we don't know we don't know what we're going to get out of Max. I mean, we're hoping he's going to be healthy for the last four or five months of the season, but we don't know, you know. And he hasn't proven that he could stay on the field either. So yeah, he's, he's actually proven he can't stay on the field. Yeah. He's got and, to and this, this, goes, this goes back – and this goes back before he was even in the maze. He's always had injury issues, this guy. So. Right. That's definitely a big factor as well. So we'll see. It's early, doing two. It's not the end of the world, but we see some things that we're not happy about, of course. But it's not the end of the world. Hopefully they can go out there and get these next two games. Because that's big if they can get the next two, obviously. Obviously, today's big, but then you have Syndergaard going tomorrow. 
So you like your right. chances, but you got you got to get today's games first, and uh, you know see what we can get out of Giselleman today, and we'll see. You know Terry and Terry's going to throw another different lineup out there because he can't just he just can't go with the same lineup two days in a row. He just can't. You know, right. for some, he, you know he can't he just can't bring himself to do for some reason. So you know we'll see what happens there. And uh, yeah, that's true. That'll be interesting. Also, well, I wanted to just you know switching gears for a second. I wanted to ask you about so the big news about Big Ben. Obviously, officially announced he's uh, he's coming back. And he, you know, he'll be given his, you know, he'll be ready to play great. He said, so that's good news. Right. I mean, obviously you knew he was coming back, but now you get the official announcement. But he didn't, he didn't say anything about beyond this year. So you know, you don't know how long he's yeah. going to stick around. I, I would think at this point in his career, he's going to go year to year with it and see how he feels each year. You know, is that a fair assessment? You think? Yeah. No, I think that's exactly it. And and I don't think that franchise, to put it that way, the Steelers organization, and especially the Steelers fan base, we're not expecting that. Like, in my mind, I'm figuring he's got three years, and then definitely done, you know, and you start to see them, you know, tail off at the end, not play as well. Um, I think Ben wants to end playing well. I I don't think he wants to see himself deteriorate as a quarterback. And that's what he's kind of telling the team. He's, he's taking a pretty big pounding in his career. Um, he is playing his best football, you know, as far as pass completion, yards, touchdowns. I think he wants to end on a high. If by some chance they win a Super Bowl, I would say his career is done. He, I don't. I wouldn't see him coming back for another year. Um, oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree on that. And then the franchise was not ready and hasn't been ready in signing Landry Jones back to um, – get the heir apparent to start thinking about who's going to be our franchise quarterback post Ben. And I, I think this was to shake them up, wake them up and say, Hey guys, you know, whoever this is going to be should be on the bench you know, the next year or two. You know, I, I don't necessarily love seeing rookie guys drafted and starting. I think that's for teams that absolutely need it. Cause yeah. they're not nothing. You know, you start your rookie and you cross your fingers and hope he does well. It usually doesn't work out, and sometimes it looks good season one and season two and three, not so good. Kaepernick and other guys that we can mention look great season one and kind of fall off. Not all guys are great season one and then go on to have a great career. You know, that's, a, that's a handful, guys. You know, look at Green Bay's quarterback, sat on the bench behind Brett Favre, you know, for, for how long? Three years? You know, before he started, he's one of the best yeah. quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, Dallas, rookie starts, and, and Prescott, do I think he may struggle next year or the year after? Yeah, I think so. It, it's hard to reproduce a second-rate year after a first really good year. You know, I, I see a few guys that have done that as rookies, Dan Marino being one of them, go the rest of the way. Ben, I think, did it good the rest of the way. But it, it's not – being how many quarterbacks are in the league, it's not what you normally see. I'd rather them draft the guy, have him sit, not have the pressure of starting, learn from Ben, learn from the coaching staff, and then start rather than Ben's gone. You know, I lived through it between Bradshaw and Ben. <laughs> you know, and you've lived yeah. through it between Moreno and, and everybody. It, it's hard yeah. to replace yeah, that quarterback. It, it's no, hard. It and even if you have a franchise quarterback, it's not even just about Super Bowls. It's he's your guy. There's no doubt about it. No one's starting over him. And what can you build around him? You know, that's what every 
franchise is looking for. When that guy goes, it's hard to replace him. You're looking to replace him not for a year or two. You're looking to replace him for the next six, seven years. You want yeah. your starting quarterback to be that and have consistency. So I'll tell you one thing. If there, was ever a year, if there was ever a year for Pittsburgh to draft the quarterback, it's this year. Mm-hmm. It's definitely time for them to draft the quarterback. I'll be interested well, to see how early they take one. I think they're going to draft one. I think they're definitely going to draft one. It's just a question of what round and which one do they get, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I, I know they brought somebody time. in the camp that they were looking at, you know, and they're saying is this the heir apparent to Ben? So at least they're getting the, the fans, the franchise, used to the concept of it. Ben's not going to be around yeah. forever. Right. Giants are in the same situation. Uh, personally I think Eli's a little healthier than Ben. But um they're in the same situation. Gotta, these guys came up the same year. Too. A lot of these teams do, you know. Even with the other quarterbacks like Breeze and you know, Breeze is thirty eight years old. I mean, you gotta start thinking that too. New Orleans has gotta start thinking about it, you know? It's, yeah. You know, you have these You want them to be there forever. Fans love them, you know, and and they they cross that line where they've become a star player to the fan base. But you have to move past them. You know, I, yeah, it gets to the I point where you can't you can't yeah, it gets to the point right where you can't pitch your team without them. You know, I remember when I was growing up watching Marino, and I used to always be like, you know, so it's so. Great, even though they never won a Super Bowl, but it's just great to have it. It's like every week, you know, you got a chance. And then I remember I used to think about like, what's it going to be like without them, you know? And then you know, sure enough, it's been man, it's been a long struggle without them, you know, finding another guy. Hopefully, right. Tannehill's the guy. I don't think Tannehill's obviously he's not that level. I think he's an effective starter, right. and I think he had a nice year last year until he got hurt. He's yeah, probably the best, the best year, they've right? had since Marino. Probably the best quarterback since Marino. Pennington too was, you know, Pennington had a good year, but Pennington was more, Pennington was just a smart quarterback. He didn't have a great arm. He was just a very smart, accurate quarterback. Right. Pennington. And but, uh, you know, you're not so, just replacing a Dan Marino, a Ben, a, a Drew Brees, uh, an Eli. You're replacing, um, and for the Patriots, eventually Brady. Who knows when? In his case, he's an exception to everything. Um, you're replacing a guy that's one of the better quarterbacks to play the game. You know, top ten, wherever yeah. you want to put him, they're not just one of the better quarterbacks right now or a guy that had a good season. They're one of the better quarterbacks that have played this game. That makes him a lot harder to replace. You know, and you can do the fear of replacing a guy with a Kaepernick and they look great and then they kind of suck after that. And, and then you start going through – Different quarterback every two years, and you're kind of getting nowhere in doing that. The Dolphins yeah, kind of just yes. sticking with Tannehill. You, you had up to his injury his best year, and, and it's showing consistency has a lot to do with every player coming to the team, every player drafted. This is the guy. There's no competition for the quarterback. What the Jets are always doing, look where it's getting them. Yeah, you know, I actually heard an interesting thing from Gase, the Dolphin coach. He said. You know, before Tannehill got hurt last year, like the last couple of games, especially specifically the game he got hurt in, the Arizona game, 
that he felt it was the first time he watched and the game slowed up for Tannenhill, which means Tannenhill had grasp of everything at that point. Like the game slowed right. up for him. Like he could he could say he knew everything he, he had you know, he knew what to call, he knew like the the speed of the game just slowed up for him and that that showed that's when a quarterback has arrived and Gates you know, Gates says he felt that. So hopefully he carries that over to this year. But speaking about quarterbacks, obviously Ben coming back. I also we talked about a little earlier about Romo. So what do you think about Romo officially retiring? Um, personally, I think he's doing the right thing. Did Did he have another year left in him? Another year of risking getting hurt for sure. Could he, while healthy, play well for a team? You know, Texans, Denver. Sure, I think he would have done well. You know, but he's another player. He's been the face of the Cowboys a long time. It's a little odd to see him in a different uniform. He walks away from the game healthy, respectfully, and not being carted off on the field, which is what I possibly what we would have seen if he would have played another year. You know, and then not, and then not coming back. And he's got a job at ESPN, so I I think it's the right call for him. He's a person. Well, CBS they actually he's, fired Phil Sims and hired uh, Romo. Yeah, fired Phil Sims. I I don't know. But for for Romo, it's probably the right call. And if he yeah, really wants to play, some team towards the end will probably need a quarterback and throw a ton of money his way. And if he's in shape and wants to deal with it, you know, he'll probably get a quiet phone call at some point, being only one season from the game. But it, yeah. it's got to be the right thing for him to do right now. And I, I kind of like guys that play for a team, play for a franchise. Um, as we call it for Pittsburgh Steelers for life and – to just retire with the team. You don't you don't I see agree. it often, but it's nice. It's nice we never saw Marino when he could have played for the Vikings in another uniform. It's just a little odd. Yeah, it was a lot with the Vikings, but Brett Favre probably should have just retired a Packer. Yeah, well, Brett Favre's yeah. ego was too big. But we've seen other greats too, right? I mean, uh, Joe Montana went to Kansas City right at the end of his right. career. Peyton Manning obviously went to Denver. So we've seen it happen. Yeah. But that's the worst thing in the world. It's nice to see a guy finish his career with the team he started, especially at the end of his career. You know, like hate to see somebody go somewhere like the last year or two of his career. You know, it's good to see somebody stick it out. So also, you have uh, you have Adrian Peterson visiting the Saints this week, so that's interesting to see what happens there. If he goes in a breeze with Peterson, that's a you know could be an interesting combo. And then, uh, and obviously the rich paycheck, right? <clears throat> yeah, well, obviously they're saying they're saying five, six teams want to sign him, but he's obviously not ready to sign for the money that they they're offering. He wants, you know, he he wants his he wants his money. You know, he wants what he could get. He don't want uh, you know, he's not looking to sign for two, three million. He want he thinks he's worth eight to ten, <clears throat> which I think he's never going to get. You know, especially in this market. Right. So we'll see what right, happens. Yeah, and Richard Sherman obviously can get traded. So Richard Sherman's on the trade block. So that's another thing to watch for. How, how many veteran running backs are like your top running backs in the league? You know, in the running yeah, back yeah. position, we, we saw it with Dallas as running back, with Fidel with, uh, with the Steelers. If there's a position, I think quarterback takes time to develop, but impact positions for yards and touchdowns purely not protecting the quarterback and picking up blitzes and catching the ball, things that, like, star running backs can do. 
just running the ball, sometimes a fresh pair of legs and a big body helps the team. Yeah. So he's been injured multiple times. Because of his name on the back of his jersey, you you think of him as one of the best backs in the league. Is that really true anymore? Can he give you 16 games at this point? And we're just saying the money he's getting is really even more. Nobody's ever going to question how great he was, that he's the first ballot Hall of Famer and all that. We know that. Absolutely. But now the question is how much does he have left? left? And more importantly, like you just said, can he last the full 16 games now? That's the question more than anything with him right now. I mean, listen, he keeps himself in great shape. You know, he keeps himself in great shape. He's a very motivated player, a very proud player. You know he'll get his best and he'll be in good shape, but can his body hold up is the question, right? I mean, that's really the question here. It is, because it's a position where, let's face it, we hand you the ball and everyone jumps on you. Of all positions in football, you take the biggest pounding. Yeah. You know, wide receiver, you catch the ball, you're trying to duck and dodge and get to the end zone. You run out of bounds, you can avoid a lot of hits. Running backs, at the line of scrimmage, you're making contact with somebody. There's a running running back rarely has no contact. You almost when you see it's like a shocking thing. You hand a guy he runs three yards for touchdown untouched. It's surprising to see it when you see it. That's just the game of football. Giving you the ball, the entire defense is now converging on you. Yeah, you know, if he does play like see, if he goes to a team like the Saints, Peterson, where they have a Mark Ingram. You know, he could split the carries. I don't think he should be going somewhere where he's going to be the workhorse guy anymore. I don't think he could do that. But unless he can go somewhere and get 15 carries a week, I think he could definitely still be effective and help a team win without a doubt. But I think you've got to limit his workload. The problem for him as well is 98% of his career he ran behind a fullback. A lot of teams don't use fullbacks in the NFL. So he has to find a team that runs that type of offense too, which ain't easy. Right. Makes it, I mean, that's a big difference. If you're a running back that's had success in a scheme, you know, years back, we saw the rehearsal Walker, you know, years back, leading everything and everything, then he goes to the Vikings and they didn't run the right schemes that made him successful and couldn't do much. You know, that's a, a throwback yeah. for a, a guy that's clearly a talented running back but in the wrong scheme. Not exactly. being as successful. So, yeah, if Peterson's had the fullback most of his career and you're getting him, that is exactly what you should be doing. You can yeah, try. You should know, when you're signing him, you should know that that's your offense that you run, right? That's, you know, now it's like yes. this, you see like you see like Marshawn Lynch looks like he's going to come out of retirement and go to the Raiders. It's looking like. So yeah. that's another interesting move. Yeah, it looks like he, he met with the Raiders this week. It looks like I think Seattle's trying to get like a late round draft pick from, but I think eventually they're just going to release him. He's going to sign with the Raiders because he's made it clear the only way he'll come back is to play for the Raiders. You don't want to play anywhere else. So if he comes back, he wants to be a Raider. Why is that? I believe he's a California kid. All right. Although they're moving to Vegas soon, but I think he grew up a Raider fan. Team he always wanted to play for. Man, I guess the situation, they have a great offensive line. You know, they got a good chance. You know, they got a really good team. As long as the quarterback stays healthy, they have a real, you know, they were one of the better teams in the league last year. So he got hurt. Kind of ruined their season last year. Call getting hurt. But so, yeah, I just find that, you know, 
so he's coming back now. But, you know, he was on a good team already that won Super Bowl, right? So that's kind of puzzling, too. But then again, they're also right. going to trade Richard Sherman now. So, you know, Seattle must be looking to build in another direction. They must be looking to go in another direction as well at this point. I see no reason why they would get rid of Sherman. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, does he look like a player that's past his time yet? Or is he still no, one of the top corners in the league? To help the team. I think he's still one of the better corners, personally. Yeah. I mean, he's old. What is he, 20, 29, 30 years old? So he's not old. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would say I haven't seen him play against Brown, I think one of the better receivers in the league. He's one of the few corners that one-on-one can shut him down. So, like, he can handle your best receivers still. A lot of holding yeah. and tugging and a lot of mouth yapping you, you deal with him. But the bottom line is how do they do one-on-one against one of your better receivers? And he's one of the few guys that I've seen isolated on Brown and cover him. You know, run with him step from step. Brown's a hustler on the field. He's not a six foot six wide receiver. He hustles and dodges and weaves. Yeah, and no, yeah, yeah. You got to chase him for four quarters. And Drummond was with him. You know, so I, I mouth and all, I think he's one of the better corners in the league. I agree. It'll be interesting to see. I know there was a the rumor that New England might trade. New England might trade uh, Butler to the Saints and then trade for Sherman. I mean, it's just when New England needs Sherman now, so. Right, and they need to get better. <laughs> yeah, they're really going for it. If they find Sherman and Peterson, I mean, I don't even know how fair that is at that point. <laughs> Considering you know. they seem to get the best out of players that are not even of that talent level. It, it would, yeah. They're, they're good enough as they are right now. Yeah, please. And why anybody would trade them anything and help them out is beyond me as well. So, <laughs> especially if you're in the AFC. Yeah, they're the team you're trying to beat. Let's make, let's help them get that. I know the NFC. So Saints traded them Cooks, and now Seattle maybe trades them uh, Sherman. Thanks a lot, NFC. All right. You're still going to have to play them in the Super Bowl. (laughs) They they remain the team to beat. Yeah. You know, and and it's hard to repeat Super Bowls, but and odds are it doesn't happen, but to me they still remain the team to beat. As long as they have Brady and Belichick, you know, and a core part of their team, if I'm in the AFC and I want to get to the Super Bowl, that's the team I'm going to have to figure out. You know, otherwise you're hoping for someone to get hurt for Brady to go down for the season, for Belichick to say, I'm retiring, and the, the retirement's not going to happen. And to count probably going to retire. I have a feeling they're both going to retire at the same time. I just have that feeling. I have a feeling when Brady retires, Belichick's going to retire. So That'll be interesting for that franchise, you know, the direction they go after. You'll see how valuable the two of them that combo was. Yeah. You know, and... and and can Belichick mentor a coach to kind of keep it going? Do they go outside? Well, Belichick they also might be the type of guy that says, I want to prove, I, I want to show everybody I'll win without Brady now. So, you know, he's also that type, right? So. Yeah, he, he is. It wouldn't shock me. That wouldn't shock me at all if Brady retires. And if he has a decent quarterback on the roster, he, that, exactly yeah. what he would do. You know, he's he's about himself. And he's try he's solidifying himself as what the best coach ever, right? Yeah. You can talk about oh, Brady doubt. being the best quarterback, but do you label this guy the best coach ever? 
Yeah. Right. And when the Giants with uh, Parcells won a Super Bowl, wasn't he the assistant coach? Yeah. And how many Super Bowls did Parcells win without? Well, you know what the funny thing is, and you know what I hear, Scott, Parcells has never won without Belichick. Belichick's won without Parcells. So who was the real genius behind the scenes there? Yeah, there's definitely something to that. And while it focuses on Brady, is Belichick the best coach ever? And there's been a lot of good coaches. You know, a lot of star coaches from the history of football. Yeah. We both you know, had him between Shula, between Shula and Chuck Lowe. We both had great coaches, you know, all time yeah. great coaches, you know. But yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of good ones. They had their franchise quarterbacks, and then they got the best out of them, worked with them. But is Belichick the best of them? That's the debate, right? I mean, like, I mean, <clears throat> the thing is, his ability, his ability. Not only, obviously, for having Brady, obviously, helps, but, you know, his ability to draft and and produce these type of players and develop these players. I mean, he drafted Brady in the sixth round, you know. You know, right. he, his ability to keep drafting every year, they get rid of players and they just bring in new players that just, it's like nobody ever left, right? I mean, Chandler Jones, they, they let guys like this go and they, they don't miss the beat. They just get guys to replace them. I mean, I think right, that they have off- they they two said. lines, offensive line and defensive line combined were making something like $18 million last year, which is insane. You look at a guy like Sue on the Dolphins, he's making almost $18 million by himself. I mean, so, <laughs> like, it's just insane. It goes to show you how they draft and develop plays, and they just keep accumulating draft picks. And, you know, it shows you how good of a – not only how good of a coach he is, how good of a general manager and, and talent evaluator he is, you know, just to keep bringing in – players that can just step right in, you know. It's a, it's a, it's the amazing. franchise is clearly doing something right. They have a system they believe in. They look for the players that they think can perform in that system. Yeah. You know, and most of the time they seem to be right. Guys look like stars. They go to other teams. They're, they're good. And then you say, well, who replaced them? And they're doing good too. So, yeah. you know, that, that does come down to getting guys to buy into a system that they thought would do well in that system. So if Peterson goes there, then you'd have to ask the question, do they use a fullback? Is Peterson going to have to play in their system? Yeah. I would think they're going to look at Peterson and say, can he play in our system? Well, that's why a lot of teams, I think, are passed on him because he don't fit there at all. I think that's clear. Teams don't want to – they're not going to redo their whole offense for a 32-year-old running back. They're just not. If Peterson was 25 years old and a free agent, yeah, and he – Every team in the league would be lining up for him right now. He was 25 years old, but that's not the case. So, you know, so we'll see what happens. We got a long way to go. We got football. We got the draft in a couple of weeks. So after the draft, and you right. really get to see, you know, where your team meet, you know, how your team's looking after the draft. So and see if there's any trades right. and stuff. So draft day is an exciting yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, and as they say, you see these rookies. It's like winning lottery. Yeah, you, you get See them come up on the stage, right? That handshake and knowing that they've just been drafted, it's a nice feeling, I'm sure. Yeah. There'll so. be some surprise drafts and some Johnny Manziel's, right? <laughs> exactly. Who's the Bucks? Who's going to be the Bucks and who's going to be the Steels? That's and we don't know. We don't know until you can might not find out for a couple of years, you know. So that's the beauty right. of it. 
All right. All right. So thank you again, as always. All right. And, uh, you know, great, great job with the baseball and the football, as always. And next week we'll continue. We'll keep going. All right, Mojo. Great talking to you. All right. You too, man. Always a pleasure. Have a great weekend. You too. Take it easy. Thank you, man. Alan from over, Dr. A, my man, calling in, doing a great job as always. Talking Mets, talking football, big segment, got a lot in there. Got a pretty, a very uh, good show today. Got a lot of baseball in, some basketball, playoff standings. We did some football. I want to, before I go off the air, because I do got to, going to cut this show a little short today. So I'm going to probably only have a few more minutes. So I'm going to just uh, quickly, just looking at the Eastern Conference race. The West is pretty much wrapped up in the NHL. So the Eastern Conference race, you got Toronto holding on to the last spot, one point up on Tampa, but they got a game in hand on Tampa, and then three points up on the Islanders. So Toronto, Toronto wins tonight. They pretty much wrap it up. They do wrap it up. So Toronto can win tonight. They wrap it up. I don't know if they wrap it up. Well, they wouldn't wrap it up, I don't think, with a tie. They have lost two in a row, so they've had opportunities here to close it out, and they haven't. And then you have Tampa, who won two in a row, who's staying alive, and the Islanders, who won four in a row to stay alive. But they look like they're going to be on the outside looking in. As far as the Devils, looks like the Devils are in line for the third or fourth pick right now in the draft, so that's good for them. Get a play a pick, and obviously the Rangers are in the playoffs right now. It's a question of who they're going to play. Looks like maybe Montreal, but it's still to be determined. So we'll wait out the next couple of games and see who the Rangers are playing. But next week we'll be having a hockey preview with Mr. Berger, and hopefully Bernie Nichols may be joining us as well for that. So we'll be having a hockey preview next week, as well as an NBA preview. I'm going to get, hopefully get Sal on to do an NBA playoff preview next week. Obviously, we'll be talking baseball with the Met Roundtable crew, Allen. I'm sure Padman will be back next week, and maybe Adam will call in, and everybody else. So we'll be talking some Mets and Yankees next week and some MLB. And obviously, next week as well, I'm going to do a mock draft. Next week's show is probably going to be longer than three hours, most likely. As, uh, we've got a lot to cover. We've got the NHL playoff preview. We've got the NBA playoff preview. And then we're going to have the NFL draft preview next week, because there will not be a show on the 22nd. So we're going to have to get all all the previews are going to be done next week. And obviously on the 27th will be my 10.30 p.m., my live draft first round review. And, uh, you know, and we'll be live. So we'll be making some live picks on the air like last year. It was a lot of fun. And then obviously on the 29th, the big draft special recap in the first three rounds, looking ahead to the rest of the draft with Colleen Taylor, PDV, and Dudu Brown. So a lot coming on on the show as we're in April. It's a great month for sports. So I want to thank everybody for listening today and all the callers today. Can't do it without you. And uh, let's keep it going. Next week will be the 60th show. It's amazing. 60 shows next week. So let's keep it going. Next week's going to be a great show with a lot of playoff previews and draft previews. So let's keep it going. And uh, everybody enjoy your weekend. And I'll see you next week.